I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WABC. He asked the question right there at the very beginning of the song, what have we become? And what have we become? Good morning, folks. It's 6.05 on your Friday morning, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on Talk Radio 77 WABC, a somber day, if you will. Bernard is uh, off today, and he deserves it. Gave us uh, four great days this week, four great days. And he'll be back on Monday. And really the reason why he's off today is because I'm only going to do a half a show. I'm going to work until 8 this morning from 6 to 8. And then Curtis Sliwa will take over at 8 o'clock. But Bernie's been saying for uh, really for the better part of the month what a somber January it's been. And when he says that, of course, you know that he's speaking partly on behalf of himself. We found out in December that Bernie had cancer, and as December moved along and the holidays grew closer and uh, we had some time off, we learned more about the cancer, and then after the new year, we learned more and more about the cancer, just how aggressive uh, it is. And Bernie's been through three rounds of chemotherapy already this month, and so when he says January's been a somber month, he can just be talking about his own situation, although I will say this. If you listen to Bernie on this show, he always sounds upbeat, optimistic. I'm going to beat this, which we all really believe is the case. That's not just talk. We really believe that's the case. And that's the way Bernie is. I talk to Bernie a couple of times off the air every day, and that's how he is. And um, we believe that's going to be the case, and so does he. He doesn't allow this to get him down. But, but let's be honest, it ain't great. So that's his situation. Uh, me, nothing even close Thank God. 
But, you know, I had to bury three very, very close friends, the youngest being 16 years old, just a week ago, just a week ago, on a personal level. And I've got some stuff going on, too, which, quite frankly, is none of your business. <laughs> I share enough with you guys, maybe too much. But um, above and beyond me and Bernard, when Bernie says stuff like that, he's talking about the city and the world that we live in today. And why am I leaving at 8 o'clock this morning, proudly wearing my blue pin on my lapel. You can see it right now. Gabby, who uh, mans the controls, if you're watching this as you can every morning at WABCradio.tv, she's going to zoom in on it. Thank you, Gabby. That's a great job. Thank you. And this was given to me by a dear friend of mine. His name is Louis Spagnola. You know his sister, his sister, the very famous Dolores Catania, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Lewis has been a cop in Patterson, New Jersey for a long time. His father, Larry, was the chief of police in Patterson, New Jersey for a long time. Lewis is making his way along with all of his brethren from New Jersey and let in, by the way, from the cops from Pennsylvania, making his way towards the studios this morning. And uh, me and Lou are going to go to this funeral for Officer Rivera together, leaving here at 8 for a 9 o'clock funeral. So when Bernie talks about the the somber January, we're talking about that. What's going on in our city where violence is up, killings are up. Five cops have been shot since the first of the year, and we haven't even hit February yet, right? What's the first day of February, Tuesday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So this first month, and look, you know, we give Eric Adams a hard time. I know I do really more than Bernard, and that's fine. You know, look, he's got some work to do. He says a lot of the right things a lot of the time, but what he says means nothing. You know, it's time to really get to work, and whether it's, you know, reforming this uh, bail nonsense or maybe even uh, you know, taking Alvin Bragg publicly and, and shaming him or talking about the judges and the DAs that continue to allow criminals to roam the streets. I know he backs the blue. I, I have no, no doubt, unlike the last creep, Bill de Blasio, who hated the police, hated them. He would show up today, that big phony, and uh, act as if he cared. Eric does care. Uh, I'll give him that. I'm not a complete. I may be upset with Eric Adams. And um, although he did say he loved me back when John Katsimatidis did that great interview with Eric no, a couple didn't. of days ago. He yes, he did. No, he said, thank you, Sid. Yeah, but he could have said, well, I don't love him. Yes, you're right. He could have said that. Right. That would have been a little disrespectful, don't you think? Um, well, I think I've been kind of disrespectful to him, don't yes, you think? But you you haven't you he doesn't have a radio show that you True. went on, and, and I've never been disrespectful to him outside of his job. No, of course not. I, I have no issue with Eric Adams, the person. My issue is you have to have some type of conviction. You have to you know you have to really care about something one way or the other. At least I know that Alvin Bragg is a creep. At least I know that Kathy Hochul is a creep. At least I know Joe Biden is a creep. I don't know about Eric Adams, and that scares me. Right. The devil you know. Exactly. better than the devil you don't. See what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. I just said it. Yeah. So he, uh, he's he got some work to do <laughs> to fix this city. Uh, like today, for example, at this funeral, which, again, uh, I will be at for Jason Rivera, 22 years old. That in itself is so sad. Gabby Lopez walked in here moments ago, Chad's daughter. And again, she's manning the controls for the TV show. She's 21. She's a kid. And it occurred to her yesterday that Rivera is only one year older than her. And his life is over. It's over because some gun-wielding animal that had priors that never should have been allowed out 
And I don't want you listen, I'm I'm also tired about mental health and the home. I don't want to hear it. There's a lot of crazy people out there that don't kill people every day. I don't want to hear it. We have excuses for everything, everything. Well, mental health, well, homeless. Well, we don't treat black and brown people well enough, which, by the way, is becoming the complete opposite. Now we go out of the way, out of our way to treat black and brown people well, and white people like me, all of a sudden, we don't matter that much. We've gone the complete opposite way. There's got to be a happy medium, right, where you make everybody happy. This is ridiculous. I don't want to hear about mental health and homeless. I know people concentrate. I don't care. I'm sick of it. You know, uh, uh, there's a... I'm actually experiencing a wide range of emotions today. I can see that. Yeah. Well, you saw before the show. I'm not in a very good mood. No, why would you be? Right. Well, I mean, why would I be? I've got a beautiful wife. I've got healthy children. Right. I've got a great job. I've got got us. But that's, that's like low on the list of things that are going well for me. I got to be honest. It's circumstantial. You're, uh, you know, it's a tough day. Yeah. You got to get through today. Well, you know what it is? I, I woke up this morning and I was sad. We're going to bury a 22-year-old kid who who just wanted to help this city. In his essay that he wrote to become a cop, he said he wanted to improve relations, Jason Rivera. He wanted to improve relations between civilians, a lot of you jerk-offs out there, and cops. That's pretty upstanding, I would say. And he died doing that. So when I woke up this morning, I was sad when my uh, limo driver who drives a yellow cab, by the way, Gene, picked me up this morning as he does every day. He's such a wonderful guy. He's African-American, and he's also sick and tired of all the pandering and the nonsense. He really is. I love it when, when black people actually say, hey, I've had enough. It's stupid. It's one thing when I, if I say it, I'm a racist, of course, because I'm white and I'm Jewish. But when a black guy says, oh, my God, it's enough, that, that really drives the point home, you know. So he... um. He picked me up this morning, and I was sad. And then I was uh, in his car driving towards the studios, and he takes Fifth Avenue to get here. He goes through the park and hops on Fifth Avenue. And uh, most mornings, we get to about Fifth Avenue at about 10 to 5, and it is a cemetery. There's nobody there. 10 to 5 this morning, we saw flashing lights for miles. So it was very early in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral, which, if you folks don't know, is only about three blocks from my studios here. It's walking distance. These guys have been out there all night. It's already a huge scene, and we're still about three hours away from the start of the funeral. And as he made the left onto Lexington Avenue, my emotion changed, and I went from being sad to being angry. Pissed. You know why I got mad? I got mad because... I saw myself walking over to the funeral today with Lou Spagnola, maybe Bo Deedle, who knows. And I envisioned seeing Alvin Bragg standing outside the church, heavy-faced, swollen eyes, and he's a public official. He may be a decent man. I don't know him. And the thought occurred to me, I'd like to punch him right across the face, which I probably shouldn't say. I'm not encouraging violence. I'm not. I'm not a violent guy. I'm not a tough guy. And I would never, ever do that, nor would I encourage that. But that, that, did, that did cross my mind. Well, you say that uh, that's one of your go-to terms. Yes. Like to punch you across the face. Right. Well, you especially right now. 
And I don't even know why. You've done nothing wrong this morning. You've been very, very nice. You've even coddled me. But something about you this morning, I just, I just, I, 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 I don't know. You don't like my face? It's your, it's your sweatshirt. It's stupid. It's, you don't your like whole it? outfit is stupid. It's annoying yeah. the hell out of me. It is a stupid outfit, isn't it? Yeah, what is that? Like a New Jersey, de- what is that? Devils? What is that jersey you're wearing? No, it's University of Wisconsin, but it's like God. a sweatshirt that's supposed to look like a I mean, hockey you're, sweater. You're, you're an adult. I mean, just dress like an adult. You dress like a, like like some stupid kid that just walked out of a you know a high school that's about to smoke weed in the back of the uh, school with Luke. No, I'm going Who to Who also, the, uh, by the way, isn't exactly uh, Giorgio Armani. I'm trying my best, all right? Well, it's not working. Well, okay. I'm going to the gym. Oh, my God. It's so another Amos moment right here. There, here, it, here it is again. <laughs> here it is again. Here it is again. I bash him. I'm tough on him. And I'm him. Something happened. See, he found out that I was bad, uh, bad talking him. And um, almost like Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson and Ghost. Remember that? You know, she would jump into his body. He'd jump into her body. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I missed something to my body. Some days I just I, I wake up and I sound just like him, which is awful. I'm sorry. You're being haunted by the ghost of the Imus. ghost of Imus. Well, he would come in today. He'd be in a horrible mood too. But it wouldn't matter if a cop died or if, if, the, if, if the stock market broke all records. He'd still be in a horrible mood. At least I have a, I have a reason, right? It's a good reason. I'm going yeah. to a funeral. It's my second funeral in two weeks. Yeah, you got a good reason. I still don't know what you have against my sweater, though. It's stupid. Right. Why don't you ask the rest of the cast? Maybe it's just me. I'm in a bad mood. I apologize. Let's 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 go around the table here. Frankie Diaz, what do you think about my sweatshirt? Don't ask the questions. I'm the damn host of the show. <laughs> oh my god! Now he's hosting the show. This is unbelievable. <laughs> you know what? Do it. Yeah, yeah I like that. No, I said. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I feel like Sid would be the the better answer. No, no, I'm, answer, I'm saying. But, all right, fine, this. Justin. Well, what's the what's your question? The question is: Does Justin, the way he's dressed today, with this Wisconsin sweatshirt, this hat? This whole getup, does he look uh, professional or stupid? I wouldn't say it's professional, but I also wouldn't say it's stupid. What would you call it? I would just say comfortable. It's right, definitely not professional. I'm wearing no, sweatpants. He's, he's, all right, all right, he's, fair enough. He's all, right, all right, thank you for that, Frankie. That answer was stupid. Here's uh, Luke Legrano. How does he look today? I would say in terms of – certainly not professional. I think well, we need to draw the line right there. Yeah. I'd say on par for what Justin normally wears a day in the office. Okay. But you and Frankie are kind of on the same uh, same boat here, in the yeah. same boat. Yeah, exactly. Ju- Justin likes to come. Justin's got a lot of work to do in, in the six to eight hours that he's. Well, wait here a second. Do. I, don't, I don't have a lot of work to do when I'm here. I'm, I'm doing video. I do all the videos for the show. Ninety percent of the commercials for the show. The podcast. Uh, I don't do work why all you day long. Why are you gonna make it about you? It's not uh, a competition. Well, I'm, well, why not? I'm dressed in a, in, a, in a jacket every day. Yeah, but nobody said you don't work hard. Okay. Here's Mike Garcia. What are your thoughts on his outfit? Well, you know, honestly, I really like it. You know, with, aye, with, aye, aye. Here, no, no, no. Like, hear me out. Hear me out. With my voiceover website, my colors are black and red, uh-huh. and he's, you know, representing that very well. Although it's weird because he so you like his in, outfit because it represents the colors of your podcast. Now my podcast, my voiceover website. Oh, sorry, I stand corrected. Yes. Yeah, okay. yes, because I'm a voice talent. All right, you know man. This. this country's in so much trouble. I can't even begin to tell you. We are in so. This is the future of our country, right here, right here. You're seeing it. And I love you guys. I wouldn't want to work with anybody else. I tell everybody all the time. I tell Bernie this, too. He doesn't even realize how lucky we are to have you four guys, five guys. But I don't know how many guys you've got. Christina's here two, two or three times, and we've got a million people. And we're lucky to have you, but it's just, it just it's, it's another clear indication of how much trouble the whole country's in. Well, I, I try to tell myself that I'm going to dress better, but then I'm up at 
one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. What is I that? I don't I understand what I that can't means. Muster up the motivation to put on anything more than this. What can you just put on like a pair of chinos and a button-down shirt or something? I don't know, just something. You, you, I don't care. I don't even care. You look fine. You look very handsome. Sid, Thank if, you. I, if I might be so bold, I, th- I think I've got the two words that can solve this. What is it? Instagram poll. All right, just do it then. That's a good idea. People like to get involved. They actually like that part of the show. People, uh, I read this on Facebook. You know, the whole show is about when you guys are talking about politics. No, it's not, you morons. God, they have no idea what makes this show popular, and it is very, very, very popular. What is the, uh, you took a picture of him? Yeah, he took a very handsome right. picture of me. I mean, you are handsome. You're all, you're all good-looking kids, every one of you, so. Thank anyway. you. Anyway. You're uh, handsome. Don't too. worry about me. Don't patronize me. It's, 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 it's not sincere, and it's annoying. All right. All fine. Right. So I'm going to walk over at uh, 8 o'clock. What time is the snow going to start? Uh, I think this afternoon. Oh, okay. So I'm not going to get snowed on uh, on the way to the uh, funeral. No, 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 no. Right. It's going to be the majority of the snow is coming tomorrow, I think. So you're a weatherman now, too? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, do the weather. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I uh, I did contact Janice Dean, good friend of ours over at Fox News. She's the meteorologist. And hopefully she'll come on and give us the latest. That was actually a great idea. That was your idea, uh, Justin. That was a great idea. Yeah, sometimes my brain tends yeah. to uh, work. She didn't get back to me yet this morning. I imagine she's very, very busy. So we uh, we don't have any guests uh, right now except for Lou Spagnola. Well, I say except. That's a huge guest. And hopefully Janice and, again, Curtis Saliwa will take over at 8 o'clock. So we can take a lot of phone calls and we can um, talk about serious stuff and have fun like the first segment. That was a great 20 minutes of radio. Great. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And also, don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, and we are compelling people around the state and country to do the same we are going to take a, is it a minute of silence, Just? We're going to do 20 seconds of it on the air. Okay, okay. Um, but I do believe that our coworkers will be lining up down the hallway. For a minute. Whoever's here at 9 o'clock for a minute. Right, yes. right. But you can't do a minute on the air because people think the station is actually off the air. Right, so. I don't want to set off every alarm right. that Dan Herschel has. I got you. Okay, so we'll do 20 seconds of silence on the air. Curtis Sliwa will be hosting at that point. And, uh, but folks in your offices, we're asking you to take a minute for Jason Rivera today and also at St. Patrick's Cathedral coming up on Wednesday. And Biden is coming in for this. That creep. Uh, Wilbert Mora will have his funeral. Both guys at St. Patrick's Cathedral. So we will take a uh, short break and we'll take your phone calls, discuss not just his funeral, but what's going on in Russia and other news as well. Plus a big NFL weekend and a huge night at Madison Square Garden tonight. And Luke Lograno is going to be there. Oh, my. All that and more. We'll be right back.
I just got a five-star rating on a cameo I did this morning in the studio. You know, every morning I, I do a video, a story, if you will, on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney. The show also has a very successful Instagram account, at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid. And, of course, the radio station has a great Instagram account, at 77 WABC Radio, at 77 WABC Radio. So every morning I do a story from inside the studio promoting what's coming up next. Me and Bernie will have this and that. And then this morning I had to do a, a cameo for a guy named Eric who listens and watches me and Bernie every morning about to celebrate his 38th birthday coming up on February the 10th. And his wife, Julie, just gave me a five-star rating. So how about that? Five stars, Justin Alec, with the thumbs up. Thank you for that. Now, uh, Gabby, if you wouldn't mind, and again, this is just for the folks watching this. If you're in your car right now, you can't appreciate what I'm about to do here, but it's worth putting on the television portion, WABCRadio.tv. There you go, that wide shot. And you can see my face with the Citizens United on top of it, which uh, ironically is the name of my new book, which will be released on or about July the 4th, and it is done Very, very exciting. Johnny Russo, my author, did a terrific job. But Citizens is a name for my listeners and now for a lot of our listeners, me and Bernard as well, that a guy named Gabe Sorry came up with years ago down in Florida called all my listeners Citizens with S-I-D instead of C-I-T. And that stuck around for many, many years. Well, the merchandise department here, thank you, Gabby, at WABC has made these really cool shirts. Now, we've got Bernie and Sid shirts. They sell like hotcakes. People love the Bernie and Sid shirts. We've got WABC shirts. And, of course, we've got shirts and hats and stuff for every show, whether it's Cats at Night, which is a great, great show, Cats Sunday Morning Show, which is terrific, the roundtable, any one of those shows, Greg Kelly, Charlie Kirk, on and on. But um, we sell an awful lot of stuff, and the Citizen stuff is starting to sell in big, big numbers. So I do want to thank Jacob in the merchandise department Uh, And all the folks, Stephanie and uh, Doug and everyone who helps market this station and this show, you can can purchase these things right now at WABCRadioStore.com. That's WABCRadioStore.com. And you can wear my face on your big, beautiful breasts. I have. Um, oh, for, uh, yeah, there you go. That was very nice of you. Thank um, you. I, uh, if for any dog owners out there. Yeah. I'm lobbying for a uh, series of chew toys with your face on them. You, you, you know, why my face? What about why, why does Bernie? I know he's got cancer. Everybody loves him and all that. But why my face? Why do you think every th- there's this there's this misconception out there that uh, people hate me? Truth is, people adore me. They adore me. Why a chew toy with my face? Because it's a play on the misconception. Oh, we're keeping it. Ru- we're keeping the joke no, running. No, see, you guys get a thrill out of it. You do. Of you, do you do. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, how about both of our faces, me and Bernie? No, don't do that, Bernie. No, that's harsh. I know, but Bernie would say do both faces. But yeah, but Bernie's not a pussy like the rest of you guys. No, we can put Bernie's face on like uh... on what? 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 Replace Jesus's face with yeah, Bernie? Yeah, yeah I think you're going to say that, right? Exactly. That's fine. I, I think it's cute. I, I, I'd almost like to get a Bernie and Sid like the T-shirt, like a Bernie and Sid uh, jacket for the doggy. You know, like the uh, they wear like these. Uh, these morons, they, they put clothing on, on animals, you know. Right. Like the dog. They, they put like them the, in. Right. Uh, I used to go to uh, Boca Town Center Mall every weekend. 
because we lived in Boca Raton for 16 years. And these are like the worst people. They, they may even be worse people than like Alvin Bragg and, and Kathy Hochul. And they walk their dogs inside Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue and all these beautiful shops. Uh, they walk their dogs in strollers like babies. And nothing makes – listen, I'm a, I'm a dog owner my whole life. My whole life, I love dogs. In fact, I go as far as adopting mine from the North Shore Animal League, not because I love Howard and Beth, but I really felt badly for those animals. I did buy two Sharpays way back when in 2000, but I'm a dog lover. I've got three pictures of three dogs on my nightstand. They all died, Satchmo, Zeus, and Lucy. So I get it. I get the affinity for the dog. But to walk around in a mall with a stroller, you look like an idiot. I agree. Oh. What do you want to say there, Mike? What, do you want to say something? No, I was going to say that, you know, for Bernie, what you could do is you could put his face on a book, and therefore that could get people to study, and that way when they come on the show, they'll be like, all right. Oh, that's I a great can, idea. Thank you. Don't put my face on a book because I've never read one. Right. <laughs> I write them. I just right. don't read them. Right. <laughs> all right. We've got uh, Lou Spagnola on the way in, waiting to hear back from Janice Dean. Traffic and sports coming up next. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to my dear friend, Judge Janine, her Tunnel to Tower show, which is amazing, every Sunday morning at 11. Here, the judge talks with Andrew Giuliani, who we had on a couple days ago, me and Bernie, that Governor Hochul has a constitutional right to remove Alvin Bragg as D.A. When he said, oh, armed robberies, I'll make him petty larceny. It's like stealing, you know, 30 years ago, stealing a cassette tape. No problem. No jail. It's amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you think about this and resisting arrest. I mean, what what yep. is that telling to our police officers at mm-hmm. this point who have been through so much, as you mentioned before in your open, uh, who've been through, through so much over the last couple of years with the defund the police movement. So now, uh, basically, from our standpoint in looking at this, Governor Hochul has has the right to remove Alvin Bragg under Article 8, Section 13B of the New York State Constitution. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Alrighty, not Sidney. He is right behind me, though, tickling my face hairs like he (laughs) normally does. I am Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update again sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a deal near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. We begin on the ice where our local trio went over three on the evening. The Rangers indulged in a high scoring contest in Columbus ultimately unable to outscore the Blue Jackets on the road. Boone Jenner and Sean Curley each netted a pair for Columbus as the Jackets scored four straight after the Rangers dumped out to a 2-0 first period lead. The Rags failed to retaliate, losing by a final score of 5-3. to three. Next up for the Blue Shirts is a visit from the Seattle Kraken this Sunday afternoon at the Garden. A close back-and-forth bout took place between the Devils and the Lightning in Tampa Bay. Not at a two midway through the third period, Tampa's Anthony Sorelli poured in the tie-breaking goal, ultimately proving to be the game winner. Lightning win 3-2, to two, and the Devils will take another crack at the win column tomorrow night in Carolina against the Hurricanes. A slow start from the Islanders last night put them in a hole against the visiting Los Angeles Kings that they weren't able to climb out of, despite some fight in the third quarter to pull within one. A quick answer from the Kings a couple of minutes later put the Isles away for good. They suffer a 3-2 loss before they host the aforementioned Kraken in Long Island tomorrow afternoon. No Knicks or Nets last night, but let's grab a look at when we can expect some more local basketball. The Knicks will have a late-night date with the Bucks tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time in Milwaukee, and the Nets will rest up until tomorrow when they'll be out west to hoop with the Golden State Warriors at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Some not-too-surprising but very significant news out of the NFL yesterday as well.
well as legendary Steelers gunslinger Big Ben Roethlisberger announced his retirement after 18 seasons in the iconic black and yellow. In a video posted to his Twitter account, Roethlisberger announced what became obvious over the final weeks of the 2021 season that he was indeed retiring. At 39 years old, the former Rookie of the Year and two-time Super Bowl champion will likely end up in Canton with a bust at the Pro Football Hall of Fame as he holds the fifth most passing yards in NFL history at 64,088. Conference Championship NFL football is set for Sunday afternoon and evening at 3 p.m. Eastern. You've got the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Kansas City Chiefs and later on at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, the San Francisco 49ers will visit the Los Angeles Rams to try and punch their ticket to Super Bowl 56. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a deal near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Someone exactly like you I've been traveling all around the world When do you come through? Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Keep me satisfied Someone exactly like you Ed Morrison at 6.41 your Friday morning. Sid Rosenberg with you until 8 o'clock. Bernie has the day off today. Curtis Sliwa will take over at 8. And at 8 o'clock, I will make the three-block walk over to St. Patrick's Cathedral for the funeral for 22-year-old officer Jason Rivera, one of the two officers gunned down by that animal in Harlem a week ago tonight. Jason will be buried. Uh, his funeral, I should say, is coming up today at St. Patrick's. And the other gentleman that was killed that night, uh, Wilbert Mora, will have his funeral also at St. Patrick's coming up on Wednesday. Wednesday. But I'm heading over to the church later on this morning, waiting on Lou Spagnola, my buddy out of Patterson, New Jersey, to stop by today. It's going to be a um, a rough scene. You know, I got a, a message, and I want to share it with you folks, from a guy named Danny. You know, he calls this show all the time, Danny from Long Island. You know that guy, um, Justin, Danny from Long Island? No. Calls the show all the time. He's actually a very popular caller. Oh, I do want to wish for I forget Lisa Ganji talking about Long Island people that are big fans of the show. She's a great lady, and she also works in the criminal business. Lisa, uh, CSI, actually. Lisa Ganji celebrating her birthday today. So happy birthday, Lisa. We love you. Dan uh, wrote this to me earlier. Dan was a cop. He was a detective, and his son is now a cop. And he said, um, Sid, thank you for supporting common sense and law enforcement. I have two kids We're on patrol each night, and your voice helps the word get out about our horrible radical Democrats and their war on law and order. I appreciate that you're going to St. Patrick's today. Get up close in front of the church. You'll be moved to tears, and you'll never be the same. Here's what you're going to see and feel. A reunion atmosphere at first. Cops hugging old friends and coworkers. Won't feel like a funeral. Then a call to order, 
quiet, in fact, ungodly quiet, as the cops stand in formation. You'll hear a helicopter overhead. The low hum of faraway motorcycles becomes louder as they slowly pass by the church. Then an eerie silence again. Then the sounds of muffled drums as the pipes and drum band marches forward. The sound of sadness fills the air. And here's the part that's really tough. Then the widow suddenly appears. They just got married, Jason and his wife. And you'll want to leave and cry. Her grief visible. A broken mom about to bury her child. The casket arrives and is born into the church. Sid, your legs will shake from the sadness of the scene. It's a scene of grief that can never, ever be conveyed over television. When you are there, you feel it, see it, and experience it. God bless you for being on the right side, Sid. Lieutenant Dan Napolitano, NYPD, retired. Well, that kind of uh, tells a um, pretty detailed and emotional story about what uh, I'm in store for later on today. And so with that, I'm going to take a short break and come back on this Friday morning in the greatest city in the world with an opportunity to unite now and be one. We are Bernie and Sid. Jones, hide and seek 
6.50 on your Friday morning. Folks, go to WABCRadio.com right now and register for your chance to win a WABC Barry House coffee mug. Barry House Coffee is proud to be the official sponsor of Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Register now and, of course... Good luck in uh, in winning that. Janice Dean will join us at some point before I leave at 8 o'clock, talk about this massive nor'easter, this snowstorm that is on the way. Gabby Lopez, uh, that was funny. I did see uh, the Citizens United T-shirt, which you can buy right now, WABCRadioStore.com, WABCRadioStore.com. To buy it right now, along with all kinds of cool Bernie and Sid merchandise and merchandise from the whole station, but... She started off this segment, if you're watching the TV portion of this radio show, at WABCRadio.tv with my face on that T-shirt. So thank you for that. Uh, yesterday, of course, was the wake for Jason Rivera. It was uh, a long wake, seven hours, from 1 to 8 p.m. Both Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora, who once again will have his funeral Wednesday at St. Pat's, both of their bodies were taken to a um, funeral home in Inwood by Riverdale, and then bodies transported to the city. Rivera's body left, I believe, Inwood at about 11.30 yesterday and arrived in New York City for the seven-hour wake. And a lot of my friends and your friends, guys like Congressman Peter King, hero cop Bo Deedle, and others were there yesterday. In fact, Bo just sent me a message. But we did have some folks from WABC out in the street interviewing people. I know Lydia was there. Anybody else that I'm missing? Um, well, I'm such a I'm such of. a bad mood right now. I don't even care. God. Well, maybe Frankie Diaz knows. Frankie, do you know? Oh, well, Frankie, who the, else uh... is out there in the street? No, as far as I know, I think Lydia. As okay, far, great, thank uh, you. Our people is okay, Lydia. Thank, thank you. So there was a uh, we have like a montage, right? Of what? Of mourners? What is it? What, what do we have here? Yeah, mourners. Uh, you have parents of cops. Um, you know, out at the. Uh at the wake, and uh, just giving their comments on the situation, how they feel about it. So these are parents of cops, not necessarily cops that have been killed in the line of duty like Rivera and Mora, but just parents of cops. Yeah, the, the, the most of them, the majority of them, yes. Okay, so let's take a listen to this. Again, the wake yesterday, the funeral coming up this morning, and this is what it sounded like on the streets of New York yesterday. You could walk out the house and you might think that you're going to save lives and you are going to save lives, but you're going to risk your own life, you know? We as a country have to dig a little deeper and look within and say, what what are we really going to do? What are we really stand for? Every morning, put on their uniforms, kiss their families goodbye without knowing they're going to come back alive that evening. And these two officers didn't. We have to be able to communicate and amalgamate our thoughts so we will be able to make New York City a better city to live in. The community, the police department will, will work with each other, with the community, to make the community stronger and to interact with the police department on a positive note. I'm so heartbroken for their families. I'm, I, I'm heartbroken for the NYPD. Everything that being reported about how he wanted to bridge the gap between the communities and the police department, he was serious about that. It hit hard. I mean, his parents is grieving. You know, you got to remember, he's, he's a child. Forget the uniform, he's a child. You see, uh, they keep making the point in his police essay that he said he wanted to bridge the gap between the community, which uh, way too many of you folks out there who want to defund the police, hate on the police, way too many of you folks out there. And he wanted to fix that, Jason Rivera, and he got repaid by getting killed. So sometimes um, life isn't very fair. 
You know, I had to explain that to my children last night. I was uh, sitting at dinner, and Gabriel said to me, my son, he said, Daddy, why are you only working a half a day tomorrow? And I said, well, I'm not really only working a half a day tomorrow. I'll be on the radio for half the show, but I'm working a full day. You know, Mommy said you're going to the funeral. I said, yeah. He said, but you didn't even know him. I said, you're right. I didn't know him. I never met Jason Rivera. I didn't know him. But, Gabriel, you've walked down the streets with me down Broadway in the Upper West Side. You've seen police officers stop and say, hello, yes, I have, Daddy. I said, I didn't know them. He said, no, I guess you didn't, did you? I said, no. But as a New Yorker, and, Gabriel, you should feel the same way, we do know them. We know every one of them. Every man that wakes up every morning and puts on that blue uniform, Every woman that wakes up every morning and puts on that blue uniform, we do know them. He said, what do you mean, Dad? I said, well, you know how it's my job to protect you? He said, yeah. I said, that's because I love you. He said, well, you're supposed to do that. You're my dad. I said, let me tell you something, Gabe. What I'm supposed to do and what people do are not always the same thing. You'd be surprised how many parents don't give the love that me and your mom give to you. But that's it's not about that. You're right. It's my job. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. The officer who said hello to us when we walked home from school earlier today, I remember that. Okay. He doesn't know you. He doesn't love you. He didn't diaper you. He didn't take you to Little League Baseball like I did. He didn't tuck you in every night and tell you I love you. Then he's not going to tell you tonight I love you. But guess what? He protects you every day. And sometimes he dies doing that. Ah, I get it, Dad. This was legitimately a conversation I had with my son last night. I get it, Dad. So we do know them. We know all of them. Damn it. They deserve the same respect that you would give to anybody else who spends their days and nights worrying about you and protecting you. And I really wanted to get mad this morning about Kathy Hochul and Alvin Bragg. But I can't. You know, they're going to meet today, these two uh, Mensa members, two geniuses. They're going to meet today in an attempt to figure out, I don't know what. I don't know. As far as I know, Kathy Hochul is still all in for bail reform. All in. And as far as I know, this Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, whether he's in or not, it doesn't matter because he took so much damn money from George Soros, he doesn't have a choice. He's bought. Alvin Bragg is bought, and he's also probably as sick as the rest of these Democrats. So I want them to get mad because I'm going to see some of these people at the funeral. You know, Jamani Williams will be there probably crying. He doesn't care. Letitia James. I mean, you can't tell me you care. You can't, you can't push these progressive laws and policies that put people's lives in danger like me and Gabriel every day and then cry and then cry when something bad happens and act as if you care. Well, they're not fooling me, I can tell you that. It's Bo Deedle, who spent uh, almost four decades as one of the great cops we've ever had. He says, Sid, I was at St. Patrick's yesterday, very solemn time even though I'm retired 38 years with the loss of my two brother officers, 
It's like a member of my family I've lost. See? Right back to the conversation I had with Gabe. God bless those hero officers and their families both. 1-800-848-WABC, as always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. I've got one more hour. Curtis Fleewood takes over at 8. We'll talk to Janice Dean at the top of the 7 o'clock hour, meteorologist over at Fox News, about what's really going to happen here. We've heard all kinds of estimations from 2 inches to 20. In fact, you have that Jimmy Fallon thing? You know it. Jimmy Fallon last night, courtesy of NBC, mocking the weather folks here because they've actually said anywhere from 2 to 20. What? Well, as I mentioned this weekend, a giant winter storm is heading for the East Coast. Uh, but I saw this one tweet from NBC News that, uh, that wasn't super helpful. It said, New York City could see between 2 inches and 20 inches of snow <laughs> this weekend. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, now I know. <laughs> Pretty big range right there. I don't know who's making these predictions. Uh, the CDC? <laughs> Six feet, three feet, ten days, five days. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, so you'll either be going to work or you'll be buried inside your house. So get ready. It's nice to hear the mainstream media joke about the CDC. Isn't that great? Nice job by Jimmy Fallon. Janice Dean, your phone calls, Louis Spagnola. More. The last hour of the week for me, Sid Rosenberg, coming up next hour, right here on the Friday edition of Bernie and Sid. As we come together as New Yorkers, as Americans, most importantly, as mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, and human beings. We'll be right back. That's to tell you uh-huh. that I love him. I do. I love him. I love him. And I don't care what you think. I love him for the man he wants to be, and I love him for the man that he almost is. I love him, Laurel. I love him. I love him. She let you in her house. You come knocking later. If the words you say are right If you pay the price She'll let you deep inside There's a secret You gotta be fair to her She loves you if you don't love her, you've got to tell her. You tell her, cool. 706 on your Friday morning. We'll talk to Janice Dean. We've got a massive snowstorm on our way here. The ratings for the football on Sunday should be huge because you got nowhere to go but sit at home and watch the Bengals play the Chiefs for the right to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 56 at 3 o'clock, and then the Niners taking on the Rams at 630 for the right to represent the NFC. We've got a bunch of phone calls here. We will get to them. Again, uh, Lou Spagnola, dear, dear friend of mine, Patterson Police Department. I'm proudly wearing the pin that he gave to me. Mine's in blue. We got two for Bernie, too. They're in green. Hey, now. Uh, Bernie hasn't been here to receive them yet. But uh, Lewis, of course, uh, out of New Jersey. His father, Larry, was the chief of police. And you all know his sister, Dolores, 
from the Real Housewives. He's uh, on his way in. We're going to the funeral together. So um, we'll talk to Lewis at some point this hour. But I think Janice is on the line. Is that right? Uh, Janice Dean, of course, has been a friend of mine for over 20 years. Started a career in New York City sitting alongside me on the Imus in the Morning Show back on WFAN. And now has gone on to become a legitimate star and deserve it. She's great. Top meteorologist over at Fox News. The face, thank God for her, of the anti-Cuomo campaign. We know both of her in-laws, God rest their souls, both died because of Cuomo's murderous policies. He's out, so is his brother. She's just, uh, she's a terrific young lady. Here she is, my friend Janice Dean. Good morning, Janice. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm okay. You know, I'm uh, I'm only doing a half a show today. I'm leaving here in about 43 minutes. Going to walk on over to St. Patrick's for Rivera's funeral. I know you guys have covered it quite a bit in the morning there with Brian Kilmeade and Ainsley and um, and Steve Ducey. But um, you know, I live in the city. I only I don't just work here, Janice. I live here. And it is depressing, and uh, two funerals in five days at St. Patrick's, really depressing. So I'm okay, but uh, I have to tell you, the there's a bomb of somber that is all over this city, especially this morning. Yeah, I, I feel it. I mean, I listen, I'm married to a firefighter, and when these guys, when there's a death in their family, uh, they go all out to make sure that the families are taken care of, of these, you know, fallen first responders, NYPD, FDNY, they are, you know, they're in this together. Um, And to see all of the, you know, the FDNY jackets and the helmets on Fifth Avenue saluting those brave men, um, you know, I will tell you being part of that family, there is a solace in that, in knowing that, if something, God forbid, was to ever happen to our family, these people would take care of us. And so I hope that brings solace to the families of these fallen officers who didn't deserve to die, uh, so young, uh, so brave. And I feel that. I feel your pain. But I also know how well they're going to take care of these families. And I hope that this is a message today, Sid, you know, with the overwhelming support, the, you know, the droves of people that are going to come in and line up with these officers uh, in unison to say enough is enough. Um, It's time to take a stand and it's time to back the blue. Well, I hope you're right. You know, obviously this mayor, Eric Adams, does care about police. He spent the better part of two plus decades as a cop, unlike the last creep who hated the police. So I hope you're right. But what year did you come and join me on IMAX? What year was that? If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. So this is actually the 20th year. Um, it was September of 2002 okay, so you that were, I got the job. Right, so you were, yeah. you were after 9-11 because I distinctly remember that for weeks after 9-11, everybody in this city, quite frankly, Janice, across the country, 
loved and revered the cops. The same people that were calling them pigs all of a sudden loved them. And that lasted about two or three weeks, and then people went back to their normal way of disrespect. That's my fear here. I mean, you got all these local political officials, people like Jamani Williams, who wants to deep on the police, people like Letitia James, deep on the police, all these uh, disgusting people that uh, really do hate cops, no matter what they say. And they're going to be crying today, just like after 9-11, and act as if they care. And then, trust me, in two weeks, some some person's going to get shot outside a store committing a robbery by a white cop. And it's going to go right back to where we were a month ago. That's my fear. That sounds cynical, I understand. But that's what I've experienced, a plus, for 20 years here in New York. I think that there is – and listen, I'm not a political person. You know that. I've gotten political because my family members, something happened to them, and they died, and I I became a voice for the voiceless of 15,000 seniors because it was important for me to tell my story to make people aware of what was going on with our government. I think what's happening now is that same kind of change. I have to believe that. More people are speaking up. Parents are angry what's going on in their schools. They're angry about the crime that's happening right now. They're angry that they don't feel protected. And those voices are becoming louder. And the power of the people is more powerful than the people in power. And I think that that is happening. I like that. I like that. Janice Dean, and you know why, of course, she's a star over at Fox News, meteorologist, and just a uh, great contributor talking about politics and local politics and all that good stuff. Well, the the real reason why you're on this morning, besides you can talk about anything and you're terrific, is this snowstorm. And I just played a cut from Jimmy Fallon. We don't do a lot of Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel on this show, as you can understand. I happen to like Jimmy Fallon. He's a nice kid, but he is what he is. But he did a little skit last night, and he talked about how he heard an NBC meteorologist say yesterday that New York will receive anywhere from two to 20 inches of snow. He said, that's quite a wide range, 2 to 20. I've been hearing the same thing. What's really going to happen here over the next two days? So it's because we've had discrepancies in our two reliable forecast models. We have the Euro model, the European model, and we have the American model. Both of those models are very strong in different ways. And so we take the consensus of their agreement, and they they have not been in agreement over the last several days. So that's kind of put us at a, at a, at a, a position of, oh, my gosh, you know, it really could be a couple of inches or two feet. Oh, my but God. But now those, those computer models are coming into agreement, and we are pretty confident that this is going to be a big deal, especially for the coastal cities. We now have blizzard warnings for parts of New Jersey, up towards Massachusetts and Maine. We probably will have a blizzard warning for eastern Long Island. The cutoff, I will tell you, uh, from New York City down towards Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, is anywhere from three to five to then a foot or more. So that's where it gets tricky. But it does look like all of those ingredients are going to come together for a formidable storm, plowable snow, and those blizzard conditions because we're going to have winds in excess of 30, 50, 60 miles per hour for a duration of hours. Oh, my God. Bottom line is if you live anywhere from, you know, the Delmarva area uh, up towards New Jersey, we have a blizzard warning there, Long Island, New York City, uh, up towards New Haven, Connecticut, Boston, Portland, Maine. Those areas are under a winter storm warning and have the biggest uh, trajectory for very big snowfall totals.
Um, so, and that's going to come overnight tonight and all day Saturday. So this is a slow mover. It's going to be all day Saturday event. The one thing I'm grateful for, Sid, is it is coming on a weekend where we don't have people right. trying to get to school, trying to get to work. Right. Um, and, and listen, if it happens that this is a bust, which does tend to happen, I want people to be prepared for something than just say, oh, I don't trust those forecasters who think it's going to be anywhere from an inch to 20 inches. We, we pretty much know now that this is going to be a, a high-impact storm. Wow. So you're telling me, not that I don't care about the rest of you folks, I do, don't get me wrong, but really, it's about me. I live in New York City. <laughs> and, you know, Janice, it, it's, it's, this is how, how, how really, um, I can't even think of the word, but this is me. Every Saturday morning, me and Danielle go to this high-impact treadmill class on the Upper West Side. It's called the Mile High Club, not the same club where you have sex in an airplane. This is We, we do these high-impact treadmill classes. We've got this great trainer, this guy, Ned Trim, and they fill up every treadmill in the place, about 30 of them, every Saturday morning. And I woke up this morning and I said, oh, my God, not, oh, my God, how's somebody going to get to work? Oh, my God, it's going to be dangerous out there. Oh, my God, what am I going to do if I miss my treadmill class? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm becoming him every single day. Um, so no. tell me, am I going to be able to make it to my treadmill class tomorrow morning? I don't think so. I've actually oh, had. No. I'm sorry. Dennis. I'm sorry, buddy. I have, I've had so many of my friends. Um, you know, I went and got my hair done yesterday. Thank goodness. You know, it wasn't scheduled for, for Saturday. For you, it's the treadmill. For me, it's getting my hair blown out. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I told her, I said, you're going to have to reschedule all of your appointments on Saturday. And I have a, a woman who I adore who owns a spa in our neighborhood. And she's like, should I, you know, reschedule these appointments? I'm giving her this advice and I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I'm giving it because I really do think this is going to be high impact. New York City is right on that cutoff line. I do think you're going to get measurable snow, but I don't think it's it's going to be the you know the foot or more that's going to happen on Long Island. Okay, so, and then what about the yeah. temperatures after? Because as look, the snowstorm, like you said, it's a Saturday, it's a Sunday. We get to stay home and watch football. It's the weekend, but the fear then becomes when temperatures become frigid after a storm like this, all that turns to ice. What are we looking mm-hmm. at right after this snowstorm? So that's a good question. Uh, it's the temperatures are going to go go down, be be quite cold for the next several days. That means the snow is not going to go anywhere. But we're going to see a warming trend actually, you know, getting into next week. So highs in the 40s uh, later next week. So even though it's going to be cold over the next couple of days, there is some warming on the horizon. So it's not going to be we're into a deep freeze for the next week or so. We're going to get those temperatures to moderate next week. Okay. Also, I do want to thank you. I know you're writing your second book. I just finished mine, my second book. And uh, what an honor that you actually reached out to me last week and uh, want me to participate uh, in your book. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I love you. What you've done in your career is great. So thank you for, for thinking of me and, and having me uh, write for your book. That's very, very exciting. Oh, buddy, I can't wait. This is a book about David and Goliath stories. Obviously, I'm going to talk about what happened in nursing homes in March 20 of 20 uh, and what happened with, you know, fighting against a governor like Andrew Cuomo. But I had a lot of help along the way. So I'm going to focus on those people. And it's not just about my story. It's about other people that face adversity and overcome that. And you, my friend, have such an incredible story that Thank I you. can't wait to share and wait to talk to you. I love you dearly. Thank we you. are forever friends. Yes. I can't wait to talk to you. Thank you, Janice. It uh, I was honored to get that uh, text a couple of days ago. And I can't wait to do it. You be careful. Thank you for another great appearance on the Bernie and Sid show. Bernie sends his love, too. We'll talk again uh, next Thursday. I love you. Be careful. 
Be safe, buddy. All right. Janice Dean, everybody, meteorologist and contributor, Fox News, especially the morning show. She does a terrific job. And she's saying, hey, listen, New York City, get ready for a thumping. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I've got about 40 minutes to go before I hand it off to Curtis Sliwa. Hopefully, Lou Spagnola makes it in before. Plenty of phone calls. John, Mike, Jimmy, TJ, Scott, Laurie. We'll get to all of you. So we'll take a short break. You'll get Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Then more of me, Sid, right after these short messages. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, my favorite woke corporation, Disney, remaking Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Can you actually say the word dwarf anymore? Turns out you can, but not the word midget. That is gone, baby, gone. But back to Snow White. Talk about white privilege, geez. This young lady might have to change her name. And what about the seven small dudes? Where is the diversity? This is no joke, as President Biden might say. Actor Peter Dinklage, a dwarf himself, is telling Disney they had better update Snow White to reflect today's standards. So maybe we can change the name to Snow White and the Seven Binary People. Or make it a Western. Snow White and the Magnificent Seven. How about Snow White teaches the smaller guys about inclusion and the patriarchy, including the prince, who may get canceled. Wait, that title might be a bit too long. Whatever Disney decides, you know it will be PC. And I am available to write the screenplay, consulting with Mr. Dinklage, of course. And I promise to not make the film dopey or sleepy. It won't be bashful or grumpy, even though I am. It will be happy. And if one of the characters remains sneezy, he will quickly see the dock. There you go. I just named all of the seven dwarfs. Could you do that? And I assure you, if I write the script for Disney, they will all kneel during the national anthem. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on.
726 here on your Friday morning. Bernie and Sid. Bernie back on Monday. I'm here for another 35 minutes. Curtis Sliwa taking over. I'll walk over to St. Patrick's, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral for the funeral for Jason Rivera, 22-year-old officer gunned down in Harlem a week ago tonight. And Wilbert Mora will be having his funeral also at St. Patrick's Cathedral coming up on Wednesday. Uh, it's been a very emotional morning here, I think, between the letter that Dan L. sent us to uh, the conversation I have with my son, Gable, which I shared with you guys in detail last hour to Bo Deedle, and then a great conversation with Janice Dean from Fox News, still waiting on Lou Spagnola, uh, one of my uh, best friends, hero cop out of Patterson, New Jersey. All those guys on their way to New York. Everybody's coming. If you look behind me, if you're watching the television portion of this program at WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv, you'll notice... We do the show in the dark most mornings until it gets light at about 7.30 or 8 o'clock. You'll notice a lot more traffic behind me here on 3rd Avenue and a lot of blinking lights. When I made the trip in this morning with my limo driver, cab driver Gene, I told you earlier, uh, 5th Avenue was already a mess early, early this morning. When I say a mess, I mean well-represented, lights everywhere, cops, firefighters, you name it. So this is going to be a packed house coming up. At 9 o'clock this morning, and quite frankly, Jason Rivera deserves it. So does Wilbert Mora. And all you men and ladies out there that, uh, as I talked about earlier this morning, uh, do us do us the justice and uh, showing the bravery and courage you do every day in protecting all of us. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that so many Americans and specifically so many politicians Don't give you guys the love and respect you deserve. You certainly know one thing, and this is not a competition. My boss, John Katsimatidis, who I bring up every morning, I'm not sucking up to the guy. I'm giving you facts. If you call it sucking up, you're a jerk off. I really don't care. Uh, This guy gives money to the PAL. Uh, John and Margot do more for the police in this community than most people I know. That's just a fact. That's not sucking up. And you also know that uh, you have not heard a show in a long time, if ever, that back the blue more than me and Bernie. We have so many friends that are cops. As I told you the story with my son Gabriel last hour, I, I walked down the street in New York City all day, every day, Upper West Side, Midtown East, you name it, and almost every day a cop stops me to thank me for the loyalty, which is sincere, and love that I direct and Bernie directs towards the men and women in blue. We're not doing this to pander We're not doing this to impress anybody. You know me and Bernie. That in our nature. (laughs) We're not very good. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not a very good actor because I'm I'm actually an actor now. (laughs) When it comes to serious stuff like this, we're not very good actors. You know? So we love cops, uh, firemen, first responders. We love them. We work together. That fateful day back in 2001, Bernie wasn't in studio. He was actually... On the streets, you've heard that many, many times. It was a mayoral primary that day, and he was up on West 96th Street talking to folks about who they're going to vote for. I was in studio with Don Ivis, Charles McCord, Mark Chernoff, Lou Ruffino, and the whole crew when those two planes hit, and Water Wolf made those memorable phone calls. And uh, we were together then, and now 21 years later, we're still together. And we profess our love for the cops every day. We don't need an event like this to do it. My fear is, though, that too many people in this city do. Everybody comes together today, that's great. Everybody cries today, that's great. Everybody talks about unity, that's great. 
That's great. But until I start to see some real changes, bail reform, not defunding but refunding the police, the way people talk about police officers, not just in this city, but all over the country, until I start to see and hear some of that, those crocodile tears today to me don't mean dick. I hate to, to talk like that, but God, I just said I'm so angry this morning because I know some of you are so full of it. God, I'm going to walk to that church today and see Jumani Williams. Jumani Williams? Letitia James? Kathy Hochul and Alvin Bragg are going to meet today? My. Chuck Scholl checks in. Chuck was a great detective cop in Brooklyn for a long, long time. He was actually really forced out. At the age of 66, he may be 65, don't get mad, Chuck. He had a lot to offer, but he's a hero. And I just heard from Joe Esposito, nice job today, Sid. See you out there. He's another guy, another guy, chief of that police, that's a hero. And I have to tell you that getting text messages from Chuck Scholl and Joe Esposito are as exciting to me as getting a text message from Phil Sims. Let me grab a couple of calls quickly, then we'll get the clip of the day in sports I love this lady. She's in Harlem. All this went down last Friday night. That's Lori. Lori, good morning. How are you, sweetheart? Good morning, Sydney. I've been trying to get through to you guys all week, but I'm just so glad that on this day, this somber day, that I am able to speak with you. And I just want to say real quick, you know, it was a week ago tonight. I'm sitting in my living room actually watching the Blue Bloods. How uh, ironic that is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm hearing all the helicopters, the police cruisers. You know, I live on Broadway up in the 130s. Yep. So I lived in the vicinity where all this went down. And I'm very sad this morning, and for good reason, much like you. And I want to end this call on a positive note, so don't let me go until I do that. But um, they break in with the news story, and everybody's talking, and I just look at the hypocrisy. You know, I didn't call the talk politics, but I want to say this. Eric Adams came in with all this fire in his belly and a plan saying he was going to implement. And I listened to Pat Lynch talk. He sounded more, um, uh, you know, uh, like the mayor than than Eric Adams did. And, you know, he just was so outraged, much and angry like I am. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I said to Bernie yesterday, and Bernie agreed wholeheartedly, that I actually like – I hate using the word like after a tragedy. But I like hearing from Pat Lynch because he gets pissed. You know, I mean, on a national level, Barack Obama never got pissed. Donald Trump got pissed. Same thing here. You're exactly right. You know, Eric Adams measures everything he says. It's measured. It sounds good. Let me placate a bunch of people. Pat Lynch, that was just emotion. So I'm with you. That was welcome. Need more of Pat Lynch, especially days like today. Exactly. And I just want to say to you, sort of prepare you for this funeral. I've been to a police officer's funeral. My brother's a retired cop in Virginia. One of his friends on the force passed away many years ago, so I attended one. It is the most centering thing. It really makes you see what's significant in life, and you come to realize maybe even why you broke down the other day, Sid. You're such a man you are He-Man, you're thinking of your invincibility, your family, the city we live in. You and I live in the city. Then your friends passing away a couple weeks ago and, and, and Bernie's situation. 
So you were just probably thinking of your invisibility, and this yeah. is our city. And if we, you can't take of your family living here, who will? We yeah. are depending on these people to give us a, a, a protective life, a good life here. And I just want you to know the most touching thing about this this kind of this funeral today. When I went to this police officer's funeral, was that Emerald Society when they walk in with those and they play those bagpipes. Yeah. Yep. It's it showed it you know the whole the whole situation the whole experience that you're going to have today it's going to make you see what's significant in your life what really matters it centers you but I want to end on this positive note I know I don't have much time and I appreciate you giving me this uh, time to say everything because I'm just so full this whole week you know I voted for this guy that's coming in to take over for you when you leave I really think we'd be in a hole we wouldn't even be having these conversations. I believe right about now and everything this week, but do find some solace and strength, Sid, in the fact of what you do every day. You and Bernie have this platform to blast to the city and all of the listeners here all the stuff that's going on and putting it in true perspective and bringing out the honesty. So just know that you have this platform and you do what you do every day, which is a positive thing. So that what you're going to go see today, you guys present the truth regarding this situation. And all my condolences go to the officers, Rivera and Mora. And I just, I feel for their families today. I know what they're going to experience. But thank you, Sid. You're welcome, sweetheart. It's always great to hear from you. That's a terrific phone call. And there's a reason why Lori has become, over the past five years, one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Thank you, Lori. at 6 o'clock this morning when the children cry by White Lion. New York City cries this morning with the Rivera family and all of the brave men and women in blue that are making their way towards New York City from my buddy Lou Spagnola out of New Jersey to all the cops coming from Pennsylvania to uh, all around the country. There'll be cops from all over flying in for this funeral today for Jason Rivera, God rest his soul, just 22 years old. And then, of course, Wilbert Mora will be buried uh, Wednesday, also at St. Patrick's Cathedral, uh, coming up on Wednesday. Spags and the guys are at the tunnel, so I'm not sure they'll make it in time 
because I'm going to leave here in about 15 minutes and hand the football off to Curtis Sliwa. Big weekend coming up. You know, the NFL playoffs, the championship weekend is uh, this weekend. And you say, well, what kind of uh, transition is that? Talking about this cop's funeral to NFL football. And I'll tell you why. Uh, two big games on Sunday. The right to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And then the right to represent the NFC, Super Bowl 56, between the 49ers and the Rams. And when I was in my 20s and 30s, all I cared about was sports and well, how do I, uh, vagina, I guess, is what I was saying. Um, I didn't delve into the political radio stuff until I was well into my 40s. I was about 15 years into my career as a sports talk radio host when it occurred to me that things going on around me were starting to bother me more than a Giants loss to the Eagles. And, of course, working with Imus all those years, he rubbed off on me in a big way. And that show was all about politics. So I, I remember I was in Florida, and the Dolphins had a big game. And that's all they care about down there. Dolphin football, hurricane football. At the time, Miami Heat, for example, had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. That was all the rage all over the world. That's all they cared about. And I was like, well, hold on a second. You know, like Barack Obama's running against Mitt Romney. And my boss was like, what? We don't talk about that here. I go, what do you mean we don't talk about? He goes, we don't talk about that here. His name is Steve Lapper. And you could read Steve's commentary if you're in this business. It's very inside baseball, but he writes for Talkers Magazine. He's a very well-respected radio guy. He said, Sid, when you go into an Italian restaurant, do you order egg foo young? And I say, of course not. That's Chinese food. He said, exactly. We're an Italian restaurant. Give them what they want. Chicken parmesan. Veal Parmesan, give them what they want, Dolphin football. I said, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. That's your philosophy. And, you know, we were getting, like, no ratings, and, you know, the sports fans cared about us, but nobody else. I said, well, why can't we, instead of being an Italian restaurant, why can't we be BJ's, Sam's Club, or what's the, the Costco? Why can't we give them everything, you know, big boxes, everything? Give them some football, give them some politics, give them some news, give them some women, beer, whatever they want. Why can't we do that? We don't do that. Oh, you don't do that. But I want to do that. Well, I said, okay, if a football team gets Tom Brady, are they going to tell Tom Brady what to do? Or are they going to design the offense around Brady because he's the best ever? And my boss said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, you son of a bitch. You're not comparing yourself to Tom Brady, are you? And I said, uh, oh, my God, I think I just did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You but did that. I did. But in the end, I won. And in the end, my boss allowed me to do the show that I wanted to do, which is eerily similar to what we do here every day. I've told you guys this before. And I've told Bernie this before. That all these things go into this one big bowl of soup. The chicken, the broth, the carrots, the potatoes, all of it. And it comes out to be a delicious chicken soup. Otherwise, it's bland. Well, especially these days now, everything's political. Even the sports world, you have athletes That's right. out on this stuff. So it all inter, uh, intertwines. That's right. But as I said, I have kids now. I got older. I started worrying about things that when I was your age, I didn't. So even something like this, I'm a very sensitive guy. You guys know me. 
I cry at the drop of a hat. But even something like this wouldn't have kept me up at night like it does now. Police officers getting shot, the way that people treat police wouldn't have bothered me as much 25 years ago as it does now. But because you guys are in this, knee-deep in this, with me and Bernard every day, and this is what we discuss every morning, and you guys are an integral part of this show's success, I would imagine that you guys feel more stronger about it than I did 25 years ago because I was doing sports and you're doing this. So I ask you, Justin Ellick, as I get ready to leave the studios and head towards St. Patrick's Cathedral, what what are you feeling this morning? Well, it's a, you know, it's a somber mood, but I want to go back to, you know, your your discussion with with your son, Gabriel, uh, in terms of, you know, we don't know these police officers, but they still protect us. And we still, ex- you know, subconsciously, we expect them pro- to protect us. I mean, you go out, you buy a new phone, right? You don't have to add 911 to your speed dial. That's an emergency contact number that you can even call when your phone's out of battery. That's right. You know, or yeah. you're, you know, I mean, these are these are people that we can we can lean on. Um, that we need to lean on because we don't have uh, another line of defense really at this point. I mean, we need these police officers to look after us, especially now. Uh, that's a good job. Luca uh, Legrano, what about you, pal? No, and I think we talk a lot on the show about the human experience, and I know you guys know that right before I started here, actually, I lost my friend Peyton to a car accident, and yeah. it, Sorry. something like this makes me think about the same thing. Peyton was 25 years old, just got her doctorate degree. All she wanted to do was help people. Mm. You look at Officer Rivera, 22 years old. Only thing he wanted to do in the world was help people, mm. and now he's not here anymore. And and something like that m- makes you miss the people that you love that you don't have anymore, and makes you thankful to, for the people that you do have, yep. who all they want to do is just help someone that they don't even know. Thank you, Luke. That was great. Thank you very much. Let's go to uh, Frankie Diaz with an who I just found out this morning. Your mom is a cop. Is that right, Frank? Yeah, she's retired. She's been retired actually fifteen years uh, this month. So yeah, that she's she's been out of the game for a while, but you know it's it it's so it's it, as a kid I always sort of was worried. I mean I don't want to say worried, but I was always sort of just like, hey, you know what what if she doesn't come home right, one day, right. and and what what am I going to do? I mean my mom, I mean thankfully retired, uh, you know without any serious issues until later on because now my mom has lupus and she's got a lot of other things that are wrong with her so like today she she was telling me a couple of days ago she said she'd like to go to the funeral but she can't because she's she's got lupus she's yeah. got a bunch of other stuff and she doesn't really want to be around people like that many people and right. i get it right. but I get it. you know yep. she's she's you know she she hates stuff like this and, and so this hits close to home to you because uh, on any given night and thank God it wasn't the case thank God it could have been you yeah, I mean and, and I'm sure uh, Mike Garcia can say the same thing well too, Mike Mike's it? father is a is a police officer and, and uh, that's a good introduction Mike uh, what about you today you know it's been a very emotional day for everybody and whenever we talk about situations like this and you brought it up earlier you know why are you in a bad mood and everything's affecting you is because you personally. You've been surrounded by so much negative stuff that's been happening this month with, you know, your friends and, you know, with the constant crime that's been going on. I have a military background, as you know, and we've been taught that our number one duty is not protecting others, but to make sure that every single one of us that are next to us on the field, we protect each other. That's brotherhood. And I can imagine the police officers are doing the same exact thing. Sure. It breaks my heart when... A lot of people have no idea whatever it is that they're going through on a daily basis because I see it with my dad. He comes home. We don't talk about work at all. 
and I can see the darkness and depression that goes on with him. And the only thing I can do is comfort him as best I can. Sure. And it's hard. It really is. So, you know, and, and it's like I said yesterday, um, when it comes to uh, the people that this is affected, their families and friends, mm. and the fact that this is going on every single day, it's hard. Mm. It really is. Yep. Your dad is a detective or, or a... Uh, He's a lieutenant. Lieutenant, that's right. Well, listen, uh, all you guys are terrific. Michael Garcia, thank you so much. Frankie, Luke, and... Um, Justin, come back. We'll do one quick segment. I'll head over to the cathedral, hand it off to Curtis Sliwa on this Friday morning. I'll repeat what I said earlier. On this day, we're hopefully, hopefully, I am very cynical, much more cynical than Bernard. Hopefully, this tragic event brings our city, our country, and most importantly, our race. And I don't mean color or creed. I mean the human race together. Because quite frankly, folks... If something like this doesn't do it, I don't know what will. I'll be right back. Now you hear this song. Apparently there is verbiage in there that is a bit controversial. I'm going to talk about it now. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, as I take you on to the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, our colleague, uh, Sid Rosenberg, heads to St. Patrick's Cathedral for the High Funeral Mass. A police officer, Jason Rivera, that's expected to start at 9 o'clock. You know we will have a moment of silence right at 9 o'clock when the uh, casket is set uh, in front of Cardinal uh, Dolan who will uh, perform the service. Uh, I'll certainly talk with you later on about my time at St. Patrick's Cathedral yesterday because uh, I was at the wake, along with a lot of other New Yorkers and those who had come from far away to pay their final respects to police officer Jason Rivera, his friends, and his fellow police uh, colleagues. But uh, I'll discuss that thing about... uh, that song later on tonight when I return. I'll be in Atlantic City for the World Martial Arts Expo at the Tropicana. If I can survive all the martial artists wanting to challenge me, because believe it or not, I'm in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. I never earned a black belt, but they gave me a black belt because I was shot five times and survived uh, the hollow point bullets that were ordered to be uh, poured into my lower extremities on the orders of John Gotti Sr., John Gotti Jr., to the Gambino crime family. That was part of a feature we're going to discuss later on. The ABC News, primetime last night, Truth and Lies, The Last Gangster, three main people contributors, Sammy the Bogovano, who, quite frankly, I really didn't know, yours truly, Curtis Lever, and John Gotti Jr., who tried to have me killed twice. We'll discuss that later on. But what we have to discuss now is something pertinent to all the Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg listeners. Bernard McGurk, who's recovering from stage four prostate cancer. I know it well. I went through that ordeal myself in 2012. Uh, He'll stick to his regimen now that he's on a regimen, and he's going to be okay. There's no doubt about it. There's ups and downs in that process, but he's going to be okay. And obviously, Sid Rosenberg. But you need to know the story because yesterday was their sixth anniversary. And I know it's been hinted at and it's been told by Sid and Bernie in bits and pieces. 
But remember, I wasn't part of the Imish team. In fact, uh, I was replaced by Don Imish and Bernard McGurk, although Sid wasn't with him at that time. After that Rutgers University situation took place, I believe it was 2007, they were talking about the girls' Scarlet Knights uh, basketball team, and it seemed the whole world had turned against them. The whole world had turned against them. And I was competing against them at that time, right here at WABC doing the morning show with Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie. And uh, I'll never forget it. I went on a series of talk show appearances in defense of Imus and Bernard McGurk and their crew that was getting sacked. And by the way, they're lifelong friends, you know, they're regular, the uh, people who regularly appeared with them and acted like they were friends of Don Imus and uh, uh, Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg when he was part of the team. Tim Russett, remember? Tim Russett, right? The great Tim Russett who actually had worked for Cuomo and Moynihan before he ended up with uh, NBC. Mike Lupica, right? Big big friends of uh, Don Imus and the crew. The moment they dropped a hammer on Don Imus and his crew because of what happened uh, over the words that both he and Bernard said about the female Scarlet Knights team at Rutgers University, these people wanted nothing to do in defense of Don Imus. I remember that. And there were a whole legion, a lexicon of others who would normally appear. Don Imus, Bernard McGurk made their careers, made their careers by giving them an opportunity to be on the Don Imus show and obviously nationally syndicated. And you know something? When their butts, their tuchuses were on the line, you know what they got from all these fair weather friends? They got bupkis, they got Ugats. That's how you know who your friends are. And remember who was double-teaming Don Imus and Bernard McGurk at that time. Senator Barack Obama, remember? And uh, Al Slim Shady Sharpton. I mean, the double-team. And there were others. They were all piling on, piling on. And I'll never forget, I said to myself, to Ron Kuby at that time, I said, you know, once they recover for them from this, they're going to be here. They're going to replace us. No, oh, no, 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 no. They're not going to be. I said, yeah, I, I look at the analytics. I look at the numbers. The demos are incredible. They beat our demos. And, in fact, they sell more product. And I'm pretty good at selling product. But they were the best. And lo and behold, a year later, after they went in hibernation, they did their mea culpas, they kissed Tuchus, they did everything they had to do in order to get back. Guess who got sacked? That's right, Curtis and Kuby, although they fired Kuby, and they put me on the shelf. That means they wouldn't let me go anywhere. They say, we got you under contract. We know WOR, Women's Only Radio, wants you to be part of their morning show. No, 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 we got a contract here. And they went to WOR, and they said, we'll sue you if you try to snatch Sliwa. So they put me in a little box, uh, like in the wee hours in the morning. Kuby went back to uh, defending the shooters and the looters, as he always did. In the meantime, Don Imus and his crew, Bernard McGurk, then soon to be rejoined by Sid Rosenberg. Remember, he was in exile there in Florida. Uh, and you know the rest of that story. But you got to remember who your friends were at the time. Then your backs were to the wall. And let me tell you something. All the people who pretended to be the friends of Don Imus and Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg, most of them abandoned ship. So now here it is. They get this done here at WABC. They're doing a very good job in the morning. 
They end up having the simulcasts, so obviously you could watch them on TV. Fox News Business, right? It was an upgrade from MSNBC. And, I mean, they were cooking. And so all of a sudden, there was that moment in time. It was time for Bernard McCurk and Sid Rosenberg to have their own show. And the idea was to put them in mid-mornings, right after Don Imus. And they would continue to help the Don Imus show, the four hours that he was on, right? You would think that, that, hey, wow, it's your opportunity, guys. You deserve it. You made your bones. You, you deserve to have your own show following Don Imus. And guess who was the number one impediment to that? Don Imus. Don Imus did not want Bernard McCurk and Sid Rosenberg to have their own show following the Don Imus show. He did everything to block it. And I'm looking at the outside in because I was back at WABC with Kubi, and I said to myself, wait a second. This is a raw deal. So I went into management at the time, brand new Chad Lopez. had just come over from WINS and WCBS. He was brand new as general manager. Craig Schwab, who was the program director, Craig Schwab was promoting Mike Lupica, Mike Lupica. I said, Mike Lupica? Mike Lupica sucks as a talk show host. He was on WFAN, right, doing sports. And that was his forte. And he was lousy there. You're going to bring him over to do political talk, cultural talk? That ain't going to work. And then Craig Schwab is saying, yeah, yeah, he'll come in once a week. Once a week to do the show. Meantime, the rest of the time, he'll be in his cave in New Canaan, uh, Connecticut there. Which, man, he'd never come in. I said, you can't do this. This will destroy the station. Nobody's going to listen to Mike Lubegut. They might read his column in the Daily News, but he's a horrible talk show host. So they say, yeah, but I don't know. You know, Bernard McCurk, okay, he's here. But, you know, City's a hot mess. You know, he's had a bad past. Uh, he's coming. He's down there in Florida. I said, I happen to be going down to Florida. I have a guardian angel convention at the Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida where the Canadian flags fly. It's like been colonized by Canada, all the refugees from Canada, and Puerto Ricanos, you know, all from New York City. So that's Hollywood. So I, t- I said, you know what I'm going to do, Chad? I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to do a background check on Sid. That's right. I'm going to do it. He didn't know that. Hush, hush, mush, mush. I went to all the wise guys. I went to all the <clears throat> loan sharks. I went to everybody, and Sid Rosenberg, everybody knew him down in southern Florida because he had been on radio for so many years. And they remember him from the Imus years. And I did my uh, due diligence. Look, if I had found things that would have been harmful to WABC, I would have come back and I would have said, look, uh, I don't agree with it, but hire Mike Looper going to do mid-mornings. Anyway, he came out clean. People were telling me, yeah, yeah, no, he straightened himself out. Yo, Curtis, he used to be a hot mess, I got to tell you. A lot of things, he had shade on his face. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm not going to give him an A-plus, Curtis, but I'd say i give him a B-minus. Hey, that's pretty damn good for Sid Rosenberg, right? A B-minus with all the mama drama he was through. So I come back, and I hear that they're ready to sign up Mike Lupica that freaking day. Craig Schwab says, yeah, we're signing him today, Curtis. Uh, I know you don't like the guy, but you're going to have to learn to get along with him. I said, uh, uh, you can't do this. I march into Craig, excuse me, Chad Lopez's office. He's got the contract on his desk. It's awaiting his signature as the general manager. I said, Chad, you should impale yourself with that pen. If you sign that contract and you bring Mike Lupica, where is the loyalty? You know, I did my godfather best there. Where is the loyalty? 
Here's Bernard McGurk went down in the flaming ship over the whole Rutgers University Michigash. He was always loyal. He never threw Imus under the bus. Same for Sid Rosenberg. No matter how many trials and tribulations that he had, they were loyal to one another. You must reward loyalty. Look at the job that they did for Don Imus. How could you do this? And Chad starts feeling bad, man. I say, who's Mike Lopaka? What has he done for WABC? He writes sports columns for the Daily News. He said he's never done good talk radio. I mean, sports, and I made, I lobbied, I made the case. There were uh, suits, mockers from Cumulus who wanted Mike Kalupica way above the pay grade of Chad Lopez. I said, Chad, you're brand new to WABC. This is going to make or break you. Make your bones on this. I guarantee you, if Sid Rosenberg falls into the old Venus flytraps, I will, I will pimp slap him out of that. I will follow him to the ends of the earth because now my reputation is attached to that. Now, I'm sure it wasn't just because of me lobbying, but it certainly helped. There were others who lobbied too. And thankfully, it came to the right decision. They sided against Don Imus who said, I don't want those two guys with their own show. Because I guess he read the tea leaves. He knew that eventually, when he was no longer able to broadcast, he would be replaced, and rightfully so, by Sid Rosenberg and Bernard McGurk, who earned that, without a doubt, blood, sweat, tears. Do any of you know what it was like to work with Imus? I didn't work directly with him. But I overheard some of the conversation was like the Wizard of Oz. He'd be screaming, hollering, invectives. He was like a manic depressive. He was all over the place. Bernard McGurk had to absorb so much sewers, so much sewers. I don't know how that guy survived. And let me tell you something. Bernard McGurk would be at his producer's desk, and he'd be talking to Imus when Imus's mind began meandering. He would give him the questions for the guests. So a lot of you say, oh, watch, coaching questions by Don Imus. Yeah, a lot of times they were from the producer, Bernard McGrath. I know. I was in the control room. I saw it, ladies and gentlemen. So as we celebrate the great anniversary of the best morning team in radio, that's right, I'll say it. I've done mornings before many, 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 many times. The best morning team in morning radio, you can't ask for a better pair because they're like the yin and the yang. You know, there's a certain direction that Bernie goes. There's a certain direction that Sid Rosenberg goes. When they're together, it's radio magic. So understand what they had to go through. Understand, imagine, knowing that the very guy that you helped, who should have been your mentor, who should have been your Medici, who should have been promoting you to a mid-morning show, was the guy standing in your way. And the guy you replaced, Curtis Leela, <laughs> was fighting for you to be here. Why? Because it was good for the station. Because they deserved it. The same way you listen to Frank Morano in the overnights, right? Great show now. Just the ratings just came in. The guy got a 12 at night. That's unheard of. In the best days of Art Bell and Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown. Going way back to Long John Neville and Candy Jones, who I first got addicted to on the overnights. This is the greatest overnight rating ever. And let me tell you something, Frank Morano, 
Phil Boyce, who was here at the time, said to Frank Morano at WABC, you will never have a talk show host long as I'm here. And I said, Frank, you got to come with me to AM 970. The answer will fall into the abyss. Nobody will hear us. But you get a, you get a show there. You get a chance to show the world what you can do. And guess who ended up coming over to AM 970? The answer, Phil Boyce. Frank Morano, you will never get a talk show host as long as you're here at AM 970, The Answer. The guy made his bones. The guy came up the hard way. The guy did everything he could to get his own show. And then finally, when John Katzmatidis, owner and operator of Red Apple Media and our parent company, WABC, took over, he said, no, 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 Frank Morano is going to have his own show overnights. And that secured the deal because he did the right thing. That's what you do when people are loyal to you. Obviously, if they weren't good entertainers, because that's what you are first and foremost. If they weren't good on radio, you wouldn't give them a shot. But these guys were great on the radio. Sid, Bernard, Frank Morano. And now we are the number one news talk station in the nation again, mostly because of these guys. The overnight, right into the mornings. The rest of the day, uh, depends on the hours. You know, I won't say anything right now. We're talking the best, not like the rest. And now, as Paul Harvey would say, you know the rest of the story about the sixth anniversary of the best morning radio team in existence today, Bernard McGurk. And Sid Rosenberg. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Curtis, have you heard of the up-and-coming rapper C. Blue? Yeah, yeah, in the Bronx. He ended up shooting that cop, as he said, accidentally That's a little bit of his music. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to cut it off because uh, I was playing a little bit of it. Okay, okay, I'm going to cut it off because he drops the N-bomb, N-word, disgusting word, all over the place. Uh, I'm watching his videos. He's a really up-and-coming rapper. He's actually pretty good. Yeah, and not no, that I'm no, some kind of rap uh, connoisseur. He's done uh, interviews in which he's smoking blunts. Uh, yes. He's well-spoken, so he's not, and you he's know what I mean. And he's talking about a gun he's packing, right. how he hates cops. Yeah, well, isn't, isn't that typical ge- of degenerate rappers? Why well, you got to oh, hate well, cop, uh, cops. That's part of your pedigree. I wonder if Judge Dennis Boyle viewed these videos. I mean, they have over a million views and on social media. I mean, after all, he's the one that is allowing this menace to society to roam the streets again after shooting a cop in the leg. And this kid, is he's only 16 years old. And just, uh, what, not too long ago, he also was caught carrying an illegal weapon. Curtis, explain to me why this, car- what's his name, Cameron Williams, C-Blue, was released, and he was only charged as a juvenile. Again, this is an Alvin Bragg misdemeanor. This is 16 years old. He should be charged as an adult. And this is his second time being caught with an illegal yeah, weapon, yeah. and this time he shot a cop. Right. Well, this one ain't and on they released Al- him. This one ain't on Alvin Bragg. It's on the Bronx DA who, uh, if it's a crypt in blue, uh, they'll get more respect than the men and women uh, of the NYPD in blue, just the way it is. Uh, all these DAs uh, have a whole list of uh, do not prosecute for these offenses. We don't know about theirs. It's just that Alvin Bragg had publicized it. But his label, right. Interscope, 
had put up the money for his bail. He had to pay, pay a lot of bail. Normally, a uh, young thug, you know, a gun-toting thug, is not going to come up with that kind of money. His uh, his label put up the money, which means he's now got street cred. He not, he shot a cop. So the moment they put out any of his uh, songs, his rap songs, it's going to go platinum. He's got so street wait, cred. Let me get this straight. So we got people like Joy Behar of The View calling for a boycott of Spotify because they have Joe Rogan on because he offers an alternative a viewpoint regarding COVID and interviews doctors and et cetera, et cetera. And she's calling on a boycott of Spotify. And then you had Neil Young rocking in the free world, obviously oh, doesn't believe in free Neil speech. I, yeah, that's yeah. before you were birthed. That, that was one I, of my favorites. I know, rocking but what about in Interscope? World. Interscope put up the bond, put up the money for this guy who almost killed a cop. Where are the calls from the liberal media to boycott Interscope? See, right, I mean, don't you think this is worse? Right now, bail in New York State is only if you're a flight risk. And let's face it, this 16-year-old thug, he ain't going nowhere because he's going to go platinum. The, the more he's seen in the streets of New York, in the Bronx, in Brooklyn, the more he gets that street cred, the more rap songs are going to be bought online or possibly uh, he's just going to be invited to clubs. He's going to get mad money. This all plays to his street credibility. And you got to understand, look, you got another guy who was caught in Times Square with a gun, $10,000 bail. Now, this is in Alvin Bragg's district. It's not difficult to come up with $10,000 bail because you only got to come up with 10% and then some collateral. So he'll be sprung, too. He'll be sprung, too. This kid is actually a good rapper. I'm listening to him. The The beats are good yeah, and everything. Yeah, How know. sad is this? How sad is this? He's going to throw his entire career, his entire life away because he wants street cred, because he wants to look hard. He wants to look. It's not cool to hate cops. I hate to break it to you. And we have a minority majority police force. I don't understand where so much vitriol yeah, and hatred and that they're, the they're pigs. And, it's the blue uniform. So imagine if he were a rapper doing positive raps, rap songs <laughs> about police. <laughs> Not positive, but he doesn't have to say to kill them. I don't, he well, doesn't yo, have to. Come on, that's what that's what blows up a rap song. That's what makes it popular. You got to be a total degenerate. You got to be a war right. against the police. And he, he says in that interview, I watched that interview closely. Mm-hmm. He originally wanted to be a chemical engineer, maybe working no. for Dow Chemical down in uh, uh, Delaware. He would have been drafted because being an African American. Uh, that would have been points for that company. And the kid, if he had applied himself, he's well-spoken. He makes Very. a good presentation. He could have been a chemical engineer, but he'd never make the kind of money that he can make now as a degenerate rapper. And shooting the cop, he says accidentally, let's face it, he didn't shoot him in the leg accidentally. This just adds to his street cred, his luster, and he, he'll he get blown up. I mean, he'll become the number one rapper briefly throughout America make a lot of bank, a lot of money, and end up uh, moving over to uh, uh, Airmont or or, uh, Englewood or Teaneck and live in a mansion. Right, but then he'll end up being killed in a drive-by, like all the other rappers. I mean, we keep seeing that over and over. I mean, yeah, I know Tupac Shakur is back in my day and Biggie Smalls, but that's what ends up happening with these people that think that they can kind of assimilate into the Hollywood world, making all this money, yet still be a thug on the streets, still be part of the gangs. They're going to catch up with you eventually. And like you said, I watched that interview. I'm listening to his music. This kid is really smart. He presents well. He's a good-looking kid. He's articulate. And for him to think this is the only way out of the 
of the streets is to rap yeah, and talk you, about. You remember, it's you so remember sad. VH1, uh, the one shot wonders. Where are they now? You know, they had the one hit wonders. There are so many rappers, one hit wonders, and then you never hear about them any longer. Uh, so it's just like uh, in the NFL, football players, they don't play that many years. If they, they either make it quickly or they're going to be out within four years. With a rapper's life, you'd be lucky if they have any credibility in the marketplace for a year. And then after that, it's very, very difficult to maintain credibility because everybody always wants the next fresh rapper, the next fresh baby uh, face, like Takeshi, uh, what was that, 69, 99, 29, whatever the hell his name is, with all those tats on his face, who was like married to the Bloods. And then he, he he was like a rat. He ate the Parmesan cheese. He gave up the bloods. And he still has credibility. You would have thought that would have shot his credibility. Oh, he's a rat. Like what I'm going to be talking about up next, Sammy the Bull Gravano, when I was saying he's a rat. He ate the Parmesan cheese last night on, on WABC-TV. They had a two-hour special about Sammy the Bull Gravano, Curtis Lewa, John Gotti Jr., and others. Right. And, and Fetty Wap, he's that guy out of Newark, New Jersey, blind in one eye, got baby mamas left and right. He's now in jail because he still wanted to do the drugs and still be a rapper. It's like, stop with the thug life. It'll get you nowhere. And this is really sad. Judge Dennis Boyle, that's the judge who freed this almost cop killer. And this kid, again, he was arrested twice already, yeah. twice for having an illegal gun on him. Yeah, Where is the sanity unfo- among our district attorneys? Right. Unfortunately, Lydia, in this case, the law it totally protects the judge on this because he is a juvenile. And he did come with, up with an enormous uh, bond in order to get sprung uh, Yo, from Don't jail. you have to pay only 10% of that bond, though, the well, 250000 they, they put it all on the line for him. Uh, I'm sure that's what encouraged the judge uh, to spring him. And again, the law is uh, very succinct. But if you shoot a cop, you should be—you should yeah. not be allowed. And if you've been caught with an illegal gun twice, this kid should be told yeah. one more but time, hey, three strikes, you're out. Hey, it's Hochul. Hochul said the other day she ain't changing the way the law is right now, which means if you are a flight risk, only if you're a flight risk, not if you're a danger to yourself or a danger to society. So all pink fingers have to point to Hochul now who clearly went on the defense of the no-cash bail issue. She she didn't mince words, and she's the one who has to be taken to task. By the way, uh, people in Patterson, New Jersey, up the hill, down the hill, first uh, ward, fourth ward, taking great umbrage to you claiming that Fetty Wap uh, oh, I'm sorry. was a I Newark boy. Me. Oh, yeah, I ran into Fetty Wap and Fetty Wap's crew in Patterson, New Jersey, at the White Castle. Oh, yeah, you can imagine that. Me, the Guardian Angels. No, no, no. We online first. Fetty Wap, yo, I own Patterson. What are you talking about? Yeah, let me see you bogart the line. You see, that? that's Curtis Lee. You don't get that anywhere else. Well, I, I confused my losers. It's okay. I, I apologize. It's, it's quite all right. I, well, I talked to we, – we spoke to – on John Katzmatidi's show last night, we spoke to your uh, compadre there, Andrew Giuliani. Yeah, I'm supporting he, him for governor. That's right. And John was very impressed by him. We're all impressed by him. He's a very passionate, very articulate, common sense guy talking about the recall of Hochul. I think she got the, the Botox. I don't know if you've noticed because you're a guy, so you guys don't notice these things, but her eyebrows have gotten so high. It's like literally up almost to her hairline now. She needs to focus less on getting the Botox and the injections in her face and worry about keeping our streets safe because she's going to get kicked out of office very soon if she keeps this I up, got it. I got trying it. to be so 
wishy-washy. I got to tell you, Lydia, if you have a chance on Hulu to watch uh, that uh, special that I'm featured on, The Last Gangster, Truth and Lies, which was a primetime ABC News special last night, you think Hokel was bad with the Botox and the little lift? Wait till you see Sammy the Bull and some of those other Shadrules, those knuckle draggers. All of them, all of them have had work so done stupid. on their face. They look so stupid. You look so stupid. I don't do Botox. I don't no. do any of that stuff. I'm well, going to well, age gracefully, and that's remember, it. I'm uh, replacing here, Sid Rosenberg. I have to be very careful in what I say. But those who have had a nip <laughs> and a tuck, if you have one more, your face will snap like an old rubber band. But right now, thank you, Lydia Serrano. We'll hear you tonight in the Cats Roundtable. <laughs> Very good, Justin. Very good. I forgive you uh, for having given out your list a few weeks ago while I was here in studio with Sid Rosenberg. Wow. When uh, Bernard McGurk was in recovery from his stage four prostate cancer and you were asked, give me the top 20 talk show hosts here at WABC. You mentioned everybody. People are dead. They no longer have programs here, infomercials. And Dr. Gil Liederman had never once mentioned me, but by playing that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young uh, song, I Elevate You. And tonight at 12, well, actually 1 in the morning when I return from the World uh, Martial Arts Expo at the Tropicana, uh, Adam Goldberg uh, is putting it on every year. Uh, if I'm in one piece, because everybody wants to challenge me, because, oh, you're in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. I say, I was never a Black Belt. Trust me. No, come on, Curtis. Show me your moves. Show me how you how you survived those five hollow point bullets shot at you by the Gambinos. I said, that's not a martial arts mood. That's just being lucky. And the guy upstairs, oh, yeah, they're all going to want to challenge me. I'll have to take my Dones pills and take a Ben Gay bath before I come on the air. But I'm certainly going to talk about the controversy involving Neil Young, who I love. Love Neil Young. Love Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. But then again, that's a 60s thing. That's a boomer thing, right? Versus Joe Armour, that's right, a mixed martial arts guy, I, I smoke drugs, I'm from Newark. How long did he spend time in Newark? Give me a break. White boy from Newark, get out of here. But anyway, that battle with Spotify, which as you know, uh, Justin, I have my complete electronic dance music um, uh, full. I mean, I can listen hours and hours. It's a natural mood elevator. So do I give up Spotify? Do I say, because I love Neil Young, I give up? you got to wait till tonight. And here in the wee hours of the morning as the snow is falling from 1 to 4. Upon my return from the Tropicana Hotel and the World Mixed Martial Arts Expo, in which I understand a challenge is awaiting me from Vladimir Putin. There's a Russian delegation. He considers himself a black belt martial artist. Who's going to deny Vladimir Putin a black belt in whatever martial arts he wants, right? Taekwondo, uh, Judo, Hakido with his friend there, Seagal. Anyway, tonight, you got to hook up with me, and then I'll be on uh, tomorrow night, same time. Then Saturday in the snow, two to four solo. Then uh, against the aggressive progressive, Chris Hahn, Sundays, three to five. And then I'm back nine to one. You see, it's all Curtis all the time. WABC standing for always broadcasting Curtis on the weekends. Well, let's talk about last night. There was a two-hour ABC News primetime special called Truth and Lies, The Last Gangster, involving the life and times of the degenerate, uh, the rat that ate the Parmesan cheese, Sammy the Bull Gavano. 
Two hours. It's a very good show. Uh, people were contacting me from all over the world saying, now I know why you got shot, Curtis. Now I know why the Gottis and Gambinos had you shot. My God, you don't give them any slack. Neither Sammy the Bull Gravano or uh, the Gottis and the Gambinos. In fact, this is, uh, this is a trailer. So uh, uh, play the trailer because if you couldn't see it last night, you can get it on Hulu, and I'm sure you can illegally acquire it by other means. The mafia is an evil lifestyle. It's all filled with treachery and double-crossing. They could hug you, they could kiss you, they could smile, and they could shoot you in the head. I knew my father was a gangster. So you think Romeo? Sammy is a murderer. The guy committed 19 murders. He was feared. His father's being a hitman. I actually was good at it. This is the true side of the mafia. This isn't somebody talking about the mafia. I am part of it. I never seen the Sammy the Bull that the world knows. To me, he was my father. You know what I mean? Don't come home, sit down at the table. Hey, hey, you know who I killed today? Joe Blow. You won't see him no more. <laughs> I can't do that, right? I lived a double life. I live a family life, and I'm a gangster. John Gotti was the poster child for organized crime. He was a mobster's mobster. Pure gangster. He was a stone-cold killer. John Gotti, Sammy, they were street guys. When we walked down the block, it was almost like that movie Goodfellas. We shook the mob. We shook the whole world. When it hit the papers that Sammy flipped, Whoa. <laughs> there wasn't a person that wasn't totally shocked. He's a rat. He ate the Parmesan cheese. It was almost like as if he just stabbed me in the heart. I felt betrayed. That was everything that I was taught never to do. John's a double-crosser. I'm a master double-crosser. We played chess, and he lost. Sammy Gravano is still the mobster he was when I arrested him. He's always going to be a mobster. It wasn't a job. It was a way of life. I never told you about the mafia. It was against the code, and I wanted to protect you all at the same time. It was for money. It was for greed. It was for women. It was for fast cars. For being part of this brotherhood. Truth and lies. Sammy the Bull Gravano. His son, his daughter. What you haven't heard. Um, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but... The Last Gangster premieres Thursday night, January 27th at 8, 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Ah, you can't miss that. You got to get it on Hulu, ladies and gentlemen. It was two hours. And the most interesting thing is uh, all those sides at one point or another wanted to kill me. And they tried to do it on several occasions, as you know. But interesting sidebar on Sammy the Bull Gravano, who is the focus of that two-hour ABC News primetime uh, special last night, is that he was a hairdresser. A lot of people don't know that. He was an accredited hairdresser who did Clairol coloring. And how do I know that? My Aunt Mary was from Howard Beach. Uh, Every Friday would go to his shop in Bensonhurst. And he would mix the chemicals by, by sight. There was no uh, computers at that time to do it. It's all computerized now. So she would tell him what she needed uh, to doll up a lot of her customers, uh, Jewish and Italian customers on Avenue B, Remsen Avenue in East Flatbush. She only uh, had clients there on the weekends. She was that good. 
And as my Aunt Mary told me, she said, man, this guy was the best colorist ever. He could have been making hundreds of thousands of dollars as a colorist for Clairol. Now it's all done by computers. Uh, that reminds me that, hello, gorgeous Vinny Bonciano, head of the Bonanno crime fa- family, now doing triple life without parole, was a hairstylist uh, in the neck, Tremont. He, he actually was a beautician, hairstylist. Believe it or not, a lot of these mobsters choking on their lobsters actually made their bones as hairstylists because who knows everything? Your driver knows everything if you're, if you're wealthy enough to have a driver. And your hairstylist knows everything. So whether you're a woman going to get dolled up or a guy going to get his hair cut, everybody is like a yen to blabbing about their personal life to the hairstylist. But I will tell you this. I know that uh, Sid Rosenberg, who will be rejoining his partner Bernard McGurk on Monday, same time, same place, will have an upcoming role in the Gemini Lounge film. And I had said to him earlier, I said, Sid, I knew all those guys. That was the Roy DeMeo killing crew, 200 murders that are accredited to them. And I said, you should have been, you should have been the 16-year-old kid who had joined uh, Roy DeMeo earlier. It's a guy named Chris Rosenberg. Chris Rosenberg, 16, he joins the guy, right? They're right across the street at a uh, gas station outside of South Shore High School. They recruited everybody that I taught to play stickball because I was a commissioner of stickball the city of New York. Joseph and Patrick Testa, Anthony Centaur, Stone Cold Killers, who at the uh, Gemini Lounge would meet up on Friday nights. And you know what they would do, Justin? They would do a Khashoggi, Khashoggi to different people, friends and foes. They bring them in, hey, why don't you go to the bar there? The dolls want to meet you, right? Drinks are on us. Come on upstairs to a private meeting. They would take shanks out, bleed them out, turn them upside down in the bathroom, and then dispose of their body parts at the Fountain Avenue dump, which is not far from where I lived in Canarsie. 200 murders. These are guys that I grew up with. And, in fact, uh, it looks like uh, Sid is going to have a uh, cameo appearance in that movie coming up. Uh, He needs to know that Roy DeMeo was lured to Patty Testa's house. We all knew about that in Canarsie in 83. And then all of a sudden executed, found in the back trunk of a Cadillac with a parakeet in his mouth. Now, what does that suggest as they turned on one another? Because at that point, they had an insatiable appetite in the 80s for cocaine. They would go to the clubs at night. They'd have on the polyester waffle weave flame retardant uh, shirts. You know, they should have been cotton shirts because they were schwitzing. They'd have the bell-bottom uh, pants. They'd have the uh, the platform shoes. I did. I went to all the clubs. And you had to watch out for these bulls, for these gamons, for these jadrules. So if you get a chance, you're going to have to watch this two-hour special on Lulu. It just blows it up. And imagine the three enemies of one another. You have Sammy the Bull Garano, enemy of John Gotti Jr., and vice versa. And Curtis Sliwa, enemy of both of those. And I'm telling you, man. I say things there that I've been saying for years. People were calling me up from all over. (laughs) No wonder why they wanted you dead. (laughs) Both sides. But anyway, upcoming in the next hour, uh, we're going to be going live to the funeral services at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Cardinal Dolan will be uh, overseeing it. And then when we come back, I'm going to go through a potpourri of different... uh, Police situations. It was interesting that yesterday, and this is for old timers uh, who grew up like me, who are baby boomers. There was the 50th year commemoration for the execution of two police officers in the line of duty 
who were in East Harlem at that time. I never forget out of the um, Ninth Precinct, Officer Gregory Foster, African-American, and Rocco Laurie. Uh, it was Avenue B and East 11th Street, not far from where I was shot on B and 6th. And they were executed by a, a Black Liberation Army squad who had declared war on the police department and revolution against America with the Weather Underground, which was the white version of what they were doing. So that was uh, in 72, 71, the year before, Joseph Piagentini, Waverly Jones executed. Piagentini shot 13 times in the back of his head. Black Liberation Army outside of the polo grounds. And guess what? When the brand-new police uh, commissioner, Sewell, from Nassau County, was introduced at the public housing project that she grew up in, Queensbridge, uh, largest in America by Mayor Eric Adams, guess whose picture was in the background on a mural? Asada Shakur, a.k.a. Joanne Chesimard, who was the leader of the Black Liberation Army that executed police officers. She fled. She's protected behind the sugarcane curtain of Fidel and Raul Castro in Cuba and is America's most wanted prisoner. Now, why would you have had the picture of Asada Shakur, Asada Shakur Joanne Chesimard in the background as you were introducing our brand-new police commissioner? To her credit, she was there at the commemoration yesterday with family and friends and colleagues of the two police officers who had been executed 50 years ago when it was common to have 15 cops a year killed in a line of duty. Great song by Sly and the Family Stone. Again, the boomers will recognize that one. Sid Rosenberg, he's at St. Patrick's Cathedral as we speak for the uh, funeral mass of Officer Jason Rivera to be conducted by Cardinal Dolan. Uh, We will do a moment of silence uh, at the top of the hour in commemoration to Officer Jason Rivera and his partner, Mora, who were executed in the line of duty. Uh, But I'm wondering today where AOC, all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, cop hater number one, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. I wasn't at the wake all day yesterday with the Guardian Angels, but I didn't notice her. I didn't hear anybody say that AOC was there. I think it's incumbent uh, if maybe uh, our news, crack news team, finds out if AOC is, in fact, intending uh, this uh, funeral today or went to the wake. We could call her office. Uh, maybe she'll say, oh, no, no, the next week I'll catch up with it with uh, police officer Mora, who also will have a wake at St. Patrick's Cathedral on a high funeral mass. Uh Jumani Williams, the cop hater who wants $3 billion taken from their budget. Um, Brad Lander, right? He's the controller, city of New York. He wants $3 billion taken more from the police budget. And the man of the moment, Alvin Bragg. Alvin, hug those hugs. Hug those thugs, Bragg. Turn them loose, Bragg, who's meeting with uh, Governor Hochul today after the funeral. We'll discuss all of that coming up in the next hour. Uh, Bernard McGurk, Sid Rosenberg, but coming up, a uh, moment of silence for the passing of Officer Jason Rivera. Following the fatal shooting of NYPD officers Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora, it's more important than ever to show our police the support and respect they deserve. Today, 77 WABC is asking all Americans to stand 
and take a moment of silence right now at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to honor true heroes, police officer Jason Rivera and police officer Wilbert Mora. Show your support for officers Rivera and Mora, their families, friends, and all police personnel by going to wabcradio.com slash pin to get your free 77 WABC Back the Blue pin. Once you get your pin, take a selfie and post it to your social media with the hashtag 77WABCBTB. Let the world know that you back the blue. And now we will pause for a moment of silence to honor these true heroes, New York City police officers Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Oh, yeah, I'm going to flash back to uh, Woodstock, right? Credence, Clearwater Revival, Woodstock. Oh, yeah, okay, you're playing to the baby boomers. That's what I am. Thank you. Thank you very much, you hipster and millennials who I hate, I loathe, I despise. But at this particular point, there's the funeral of Officer Jason Rivera that's taking place in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Cardinal Dolan uh, presiding. Uh, you can watch it at WABCRadio.tv. That's WABCRadio.tv. Uh, you can see the video and you get the audio. We'll be covering it for a half hour. Uh, you may want to simulcast uh, as you're listening to the proceedings in St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I begin to riff on a number of police-related issues, which, as you know, is my sweet spot uh, involving New York City. First off, uh, we have a great news team now. I, I remember there was a day at WABC before I uh, ran for mayor back in March and eventually uh, ran against Eric Adams only to lose, uh, that we had maybe one, two news people, and they had to do everything. Now we have an entire team. Uh, so um, I'm hoping that Lydia Serrano, with her contacts, can find out if the following people who are clearly cop haters, clearly cop haters, led the movement to defund the police, led the movement uh, to uh, remove uh, bail so there's no cash bail, and go out of their ways whenever possible to say that not only a billion dollars should have been removed from the police budget, which it was by de Blasio, by his police commissioner at the time, Dermot Shea, and by the majority of the city council, but that upwards of $3 billion should be removed from the budget. So, uh, Lydia Serrano, Justin, if you could take these uh, names down, maybe Lydia can check to see if any of these people have either been to the wake, which was yesterday. I was there with the Guardian Angels uh, throughout the day. I didn't see many of them, but again, there were a lot of people. And actually today at the funeral mass, so first and foremost, AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, who clearly hates cops. 
If you want her endorsement, you have to agree to a $3 billion reduction of the NYPD budget. So if you want to fly the DSA flag in your primary against moderate Democrats, uh, you got to sign on to that. Want to see if she's there or has any intention if she wasn't there, maybe next week, uh, when unfortunately we have to do the same thing again uh, for Police Officer Mora, both in terms of awake, which I believe will be on Tuesday, 1 to 8, uh, and then on Wednesday, the High Mass uh, at St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, for his uh, resting. Uh, can we find out? That's very important. Now, her acolyte is the new city council member, Caban, who is virulently, uh, who represents Astoria, hates cops, doesn't want prisons. See if Caban has either gone uh, to the um, wake yesterday or is at the funeral mass. Uh, That's extraordinarily important. There are 59 city council members. Uh, Many of them had voted to defund the police. It would be interesting to see how many of them actually bothered attending the wake yesterday or the funeral mass. How about Al Slim Shady Sharpton? You know, wherever he shows up, the cameras will be there. Uh, I did not see him at the wake yesterday, or maybe he did go in. It's a very, very big crowd. I'd like to find out from the National Action Network, did Al Sharpton, who hates cops, uh, who is pro-defunding the police, uh, if in fact, uh, and I might add, uh, DA uh, Alvin Bragg's best buddy, biggest supporter, if he attended. Tish James, I have to believe, uh, is going to be in attendance uh, uh, at the funeral mass today. I don't know if she was at the wake. Uh, she also defund the police, no bail, and prosecute Trump. Prosecute Trump, that's all Tish James ever says at the attorney general, uh, the highest law enforcement official in New York State, prosecute Trump. And then uh, Alvin Bragg, uh, see if he made an appearance. I don't think he was at the wake yesterday. Been nice if the cops would have turned their back to D.A. Bragg. Uh, he is a notice, n- noticeable figure now. He's very uh, large, large African-American man. He's been on TV enough because he's being uh, criticized, and rightfully so. Jumani Williams, I mean, he's the number one cop hater extraordinaire. Uh, he wants to defund the police even more, running for the Democratic nomination to uh, upset uh, Kathy Holcomb. I call her Holcomb because that means nonsense. Uh, he wants to defund the police even more, eliminate all prisons. And by the way, the nerve, the chutzpah, the way balls of this guy, he lives on the active garrison, the active military base, Fort Hamilton, in the shadow of uh, the Verrazano Bridge in Dyker Heights, and has to show ID every time he goes in uh, to his house at night uh, because the military police demand that they see ID. To the rest of you, nobody should show ID, but he's got to show ID. And he has an SUV provided by us, the soccer taxpayers, with four police officers constantly guarding his cop-hating tukis. We need to find out if these people went to either the wake or they went to the funeral and had those crocodile tears. You know, very important that we find those out. Now, let's deal with the other major story today, because after the funeral procession, uh, Governor Hokum, and again, I call her Hokum because that means nonsense, will have a sit down with Alvin Bragg uh, at her uh, executive offices, which I have been to before and protesting against when he was governor, Andrew Evilize Cuomo, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. And that's at 40th and 3rd Avenue. Now, apparently, if we read the news, uh, Hochul is going to say to 
Alvin, I want to hug those thugs, brag, and turn them loose. That you better prosecute as the law exists, or I may trigger the option that all governors have to remove any district attorneys throughout the state. Just as if you remember in the battles between Cuomo and de Blasio, uh, if in fact uh, Cuomo didn't just like him, he could have removed the mayor, de Blasio, for no, no reason. These are part of the executive powers that a governor has. And in fact, this was done before. Governor Pataki, 1996, I'll never forget it, uh, said that Robert Johnson, who is the district attorney in the Bronx, turn him loose, Robert Johnson, who, believe it or not, is now a judge, turning him loose as a judge in black regal robes. That's why I got to laugh uh, about uh, uh, the fear that judges might actually incarcerate thugs or demand bail for thugs. We have the most liberal progressive judges in New York City. <laughs> And they say, no, we got to restrict the judges from being able to determine if uh, a suspect is a danger to themselves or anyone else uh, and a flight risk in order to uh, remand them to jail uh, and issue no bail. I left. But in 1996, I'll never forget it. George Pataki said to then D.A. in the Bronx, turn him loose, Robert Johnson, that I am replacing you in a death penalty case. It wasn't mandatory at the time. Uh, with Attorney General Dennis Vacco of the state. There were three carjackers who had killed police officer Kevin Gillespie. See, we forget all about that. Three carjackers in 1996 who had shot and killed police officer Kevin Gillespie. And as a result, Governor Pataki, rightfully so, wanted the death penalty charge. And DA Robert Johnson in the Bronx said, no, I don't believe in the death penalty. I'm not prosecuting on the death penalty. And he had to step aside. Attorney General Dennis Vacco moved in for that case. And not, he didn't replace Robert Johnson as a DEA. I wish he had, because all Robert Johnson spent the rest of his time doing in the Bronx was turning criminals loose. In fact, if you were wearing the blue of the Crips gang, you would get turned loose. If you were police officers wearing blue, you would be indicted. Look at his history. And now he's a judge in black regal robes. So it can be done. It has been done. Now, before any of you decide to go over to the offices of uh, the governor in the city of New York, uh, Kathy Hochul, walk around. Go to the Dwayne Reeds on the Upper East Side. There are many Rite Aids, uh, CVS. They're all closing, though, because of shoplifting. And notice that when the shoplifters go in, because they know they could do this uh, brazenly because there are absolutely no consequences. They're not going to get arrested. I wonder if everyone out there knows that when these shoplifters go in to a Dwayne Reed, Rite Aid, CBS, or other retail establishments, could be Marshalls, could be uh, Old Navy, that they go in and they ask for their brag bags. Yeah, that's the new term, a brag bag. Can I have my brag bags, please? And you know right away as a clerk in the store that they're going to loot you. Uh, they're going to shoplift you. I, I, I want two Dwayne Reed bags, please. Please. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, give me two Dwayne Weed bags or, or else. They give them two big Dwayne Weed bags, plastic bags. They go up and down the aisles. They fill them up, and they call them brag bags. And they're not going to be arrested, and they're not going to be prosecuted. And the new Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, has said that's the way it is. I campaigned on that. 
He did so here when he sat in the studios at WABC, if you remember. It was the first of many major debates involving the eight Democratic candidates who wanted to be Manhattan DA. Uh, There was one, one uh, sort of like moderate Democrat who did not go along with the mob of turning them loose. Uh, But the rest of them were pretty much like Alvin Bragg. It's just Alvin Bragg got George Soros money, and he was able to barely eke out a victory, 34% of the Democratic vote of Democrats who decided to vote in Manhattan, uh, versus Weinstein, who is a Persian Jew, and Ubashi, Ubashi, uh, Abushi, I think I'm mispronouncing a name, the Palestinian candidate. All three of them got 76% of the Democratic vote, all of them believed in turning loose thugs, hugging thugs, turning them loose. 76% of the Democrats. The only one who discreet Liz Crotty, I actually met her at the wake yesterday. Liz Crotty was going to the wake. It'll be interesting to see if any of the cop-hating Manhattan District Attorney Democrats who lost to Alvin Bragg uh, bothered to uh, show up at the, uh, the wake or today's funeral. By the way... Uh, uh, just an anti-list uh, that Udiskrazia, that Shanda, former mayor, comrade Bill de Blasio, remember who was the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his cop-hating wife, Charlene. Both of them should be arrested for stealing one and a quarter billion dollars from that Thrive program that was supposed to help the mentally ill, the emotionally disturbed, and has done nothing like to see where the money is, Tish James, instead of always prosecuting and investigating Trump, Trump's family, Trump's businesses. How about investigating whatever happened to the one and a quarter billion dollars that uh, over five years was never spent on any emotionally disturbed persons that live in the subways, roam the streets, in the parks of New York City and are in desperate need, these lost souls. Can we do that? Did you add that to your list? Uh, they live in Park Slope, 7th uh, Avenue and 11th Street. I know they're back to scoring their nickel and dime bags at night from the Rastafari guy there. He said, smoke, the, smoke the, the herb, man. Smoke the herb. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the hookup for Bill Bill and Charlene. They love it. Late at night, Maui Wowie Hindu Kush on the rooftop there. It, 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 we need to investigate this. Why are we giving them a pass? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's one 800-848-WABC. Let's go to the phones here. I'm going to give you a continued panoply of different cop updates. But Brian from Jersey City has been on the line since I first came on and did a tribute uh, to Sid Rosenberg and Bernard McGurk, telling you a story that only I and I alone could tell you about how they became the best morning team in all of talk radio. And basically, I had to bum rush. Uh, the leaders. O'Brien has disappeared. He's missing in action. Oh, hey, thanks a lot, Luke. Uh, while you were preparing your Curtis Lee Super Sports Spectacular that you bogarted me on, yeah, you let Brian go. Uh, let's go to Drew, who's calling from White Plains. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Drew. Curtis, you know what I want you to watch, Curtis? Because you know we're shocked. Watch how Kathy Hochul walks back this Island Bragg thing, and I'm going to tell you why. Hulk Newsom put it, put it on the spot yesterday. He put on a, his Instagram page, and he said, oh, you want to remove the first black Manhattan DA? You're a racist. So you see a bunch of people come underneath. Dominic already called it. He said if she tries to go too far with this Alvin Bragg thing, she's going to lose her primary. So now that Hulk Newsom put it out there, and when he put it out there, he said, 
vote for Jumani Williams, right? Watch her come out of the meeting today and try to walk it back like everything is good with her and Alabama. No, 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 Drew, that's a good heads up, but I'm going to give you the backstory that nobody has written about or talked about. You would say to yourself, why is it that Stuart Cousins from uh, Yonkers, the majority leader of the state Senate where they have a supermajority of the Democrats, um, Hasty, Carl Hasty, the Speaker of the House. And by the way, with the passing of Sheldon Silver, the Meyer Lansky of Democratic politics, uh, uh, I, I wonder if they checked under his mattresses uh, before they uh, threw him right into the ground. I mean, that guy was so crooked. Uh, nobody, everybody, oh, Sheldon Silver, we love Jay. Yeah, he's a crook. And, uh, and uh, Hasty, the same thing, right? They have a supermajority. Uh, and then you have Generis, who's like number two in the state Senate. What a traditor he is, the Greek guy, state senator from Astoria, who was trained by the Valones, Peter Valone Sr., and all of a sudden has become a radical AOC, DSA member, has said, no, 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 we're not in all changing the no-cash-bail situation. We're not. And now Hochul jumping on. And nobody has explained why they won't give an inch, even though our mayor, Eric Adams, is saying, man, we, we need to tweak this. Tweak this. <laughs> I would do more than tweak it. Uh, but to his credit, he's at least bringing it up. He's not putting any pressure. But nobody has come up with a reason. Why is it that Kathy Holcomb, uh, Stuart Cousins, majority leader of the Democrats in the state Senate with a supermajority, along with uh, Carl Hasty, the crooked uh, speaker uh, of the assembly uh, in uh, Albany with a, uh, again, supermajority of Democrats, and Generis behind the scenes, why they won't even consider it? Well, let me explain this. I'm surprised nobody's come up with this. It all has to do with Republican judges upstate. Now, in New York City, to become a criminal court judge, you have to be an attorney. In other parts of the state, you don't have to be an attorney. You could be a citizen and become a judge. And there are citizens who are judges upstate who are Republicans. You don't have to be an attorney to replace uh, the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Breyer, who is saying, sayonara, you could be a citizen. You don't have to be a lawyer to be the state attorney general. Uh, yeah, maybe you should run against this change, you know, get rid of her. But I have a feeling that Andrew Ebel Icecomb is going to get rid of her. You don't have to be an attorney. A lot of people, they just assume you have to be an attorney upstate to uh, serve over criminal trials to wear black regal robes. You do not need to be an attorney. And there are some of the Republicans who are simply citizens. So this cabal of Democrats does not want to ease up on the no-cash bail, which is the most progressive in the nation, where the only reason you can ask for bail is if they're a flight risk, not because they're a danger to themselves or anywhere else, as if 49 states have, even California, even Massachusetts, even the most liberal progressive states give the judge a right to make that determination. Not here in New York. The reason they don't want to budge. Holcomb, Cousins, Hasty, Generis is because they don't want the white Republican judges upstate to have that kind of leeway. Believe it or not, it comes down to an upstate versus downstate issue. Now, isn't that the most ridiculous thing you ever heard in the middle of the Adirondacks with some guy, some citizen, you know, some guy who was watching the maple syrup drip from a tree 
And that's how he makes his living. Has been elected a judge upstate, is only a citizen, is not an attorney. That's who they fear will be unfair to people of color, black and Hispanics, who come before them, of whom there are very few. If you've ever been up to the Adirondacks or you've been up to uh, near the uh, border uh, with Quebec, Plattsburgh, it's very difficult to find black and Hispanics living in those communities. So what's the big fear? And that, believe it or not, is what's holding up this bail reform. 1-800-848-9222. The end of the Civil War was here when quite accidentally. A hero who sneezed, abruptly seized, retreat and reversed it to victory. His medal of honor pleased and thrilled his proud Where did you get this song from? Oh my God! Oh, please! By the way, uh, enough of that. Enough of that nonsense, F Troop. You know, in the midst of the mourning cycle we're going through, sitting shiva for police officer Rivera, who's having his funeral mass now at St. Patrick's, which city is that? Police officer Mora next week. I couldn't believe uh, our mayor, Eric Adams. He says one good thing, and then all of a sudden he follows it with a really bad thing. In the midst of all this, he decides that he is going to push that any future classes of recruits coming out of College Point, the police academy, that everyone will have to live within the five boroughs, that, in fact, it makes you a better cop to live in the five boroughs. And I said, really? Really? (laughs) About 50% of our cops right now, the NYPD, figure about 18,000, it's like 36,000, live outside of the five boroughs in Westchester, Rockland, Orange, Putnam, and in Suffolk and Nassau. And when we return, I'm going to tell you about a police officer who was killed in the line of duty last year, in April, uh, that the candidates running for mayor... Other than me and Andrew Yang, none of them even bothered going to the wake or the funeral. Boy, how times have changed. Because it was just a year after the rioting, looting, and shooting of Black Lives Matter and Antifa in the streets of New York City in the summer of 2020. So, oh, you didn't want to be seen at a police funeral last year. I was there. When we come back, I'm going to tell you the story of Anastasios Sacos. And how if I were to go up to all the elected officials, many of them who rightfully so are at the funeral of Officer Jason Rivera, I would would say to them, hey, how come you weren't at uh, Police Officer Anastasio Sacos's wake or funeral last year, the 14-year veteran who left behind a wife and two kids and was killed by a woman who had just finished making a hate post against police? On the LIE, right? You would think, wow, I would have remembered that. No, no, no. Of course, they weren't there. Weren't there. How quickly they forget. I had a dream. We were sipping whiskey neat. You know, um, not necessarily a Selena Gomez fan, but I like this joint. I like this. Very good. And the video, excellent. 
But she's living in New York City, and the boy toy that she's hoping uh, will hook up with her or maybe not hook up with her is living somewhere in New York City. These hipsters and millennials like our staff here at WABC, who I hate, I loathe, I despise. But let's talk about a little less than a year ago how quickly people forget. Oh, by the way, I got another person to add to the list of uh, wanting to find out if this cop hater went to either the wake uh, or the funeral mass, which is underway for police officer Jason Rivera at uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, where Sid Rosenberg is. Harlem Councilwoman Kristen Richardson, the very district on 135th, where this animal uh, actually executed the two police officers, LaShawn McNeil. Uh, she says our policing system is like slavery. Uh, <laughs> she's the city council person. Uh, she has deep compassion, she says, for the families uh, of Rivera and Mora, who lost the two police officers, uh, their sons in the line of duty. And uh, the family and the guy who killed them, LaShawn McNeil. Yeah, she has deep sympathies for him. And she wants to defund the police more. Can we find out if the Harlem uh, councilwoman, uh, Lydia, hopefully Lydia will have enough time during the day. She's very busy to have all of this assembled. And I'll riff with you tonight when I return in the overnights, um, the other side of midnight from 1 to uh, 6 in the morning. But let's go back to the case that so few people seem to have remembered. The killing of Anastasio Sackles. I believe that you might even claim that it was a execution. Uh, the jury's still out on that. Uh, the woman who is responsible, Jessica Beauvais from Hempstead. Let me take you back because probably many of you have forgotten. It was April of 2021, just last year. Francis Lewis Boulevard, the highway patrol police officers were out. It was about one in the morning. Uh, they were out because there was already another uh, DUI that was creating uh, all kinds of nightmares of traffic. And this Jeff- Jessica Beauvais in her car slammed in to this 14-year veteran of the NYPD, Greek-American Anastasio Sakos, who leaves behind a wife and two kids, right on the LIE. And slammed into him, he flew 100 feet in the air. Do you know how fast you have to be going? Trust me, I've been hit by cars, as you know. 100 feet in the air before he landed? And she was drunk. She had a suspended license. But most importantly, before she got into that car, she had posted on her social networking a hate police message. Now, am I wrong for connecting the dots on that? You just post a very hateful message towards police. You get into your vehicle, and then you slam into this heroic NYPD highway patrolman, knocking him 100 feet into the air. He was dead the moment he hit that asphalt. And yet this week we have Eric Adams, former police officer, 22 years, claiming that all police officers in the future will have to live in the city of New York, live in all five boroughs. First of all, uh, try to find affordable housing in the five boroughs. Why do you think cops live in Orange and Putnam and drive so far? Because they can get an acre with better public schools, better quality of life, all the things you don't have here in New York City, yet they'll schlep there and back. But, oh, no, he wants to demand that they live 
here in the city. Maybe he'll demand that they live in the precinct they patrol. <laughs> you don't do that for a number of reasons. You don't do that for a number of reasons. But you would say, is this the week that you should have brought that up when half your police department lives outside of the city? You know, if you're a member of the UFT, you're a teacher. You can live in Connecticut as long as you can get to your school. You can teach. Firefighters, they live everywhere. Pennsylvania, too. Where they're not supposed to live. Like so many civil servants, right, uh, who are paper shufflers. You go to the Port Authority in the afternoon. You see they're all lined up to take the red bus to the Poconos, the sixth borough of the city of New York. Why? Because they can get an affordable house with a half acre acre, with a better quality of life, with a better public school system. So why why are we coming down on the cops, half of whom live outside of the city of New York? Are we suggesting they're not as good? Anastasio Sacos was living in Suffolk County. He gave his life in the line of duty. By the way, I was the only person to go to the wake who was running for mayor, and to his credit, Andrew Yang, who was still in the Democratic uh, primary race at that time. I didn't see any of the others. I didn't see Eric Adams. I didn't see the other 11 Democrats, and I didn't see my adversary in the Republican primary, Fernando Missing in Action, Mateo, who I crushed in the Republican primary, and rightfully so. And people were afraid to go to the wake and the funeral because it was still the uh, prospect of Black Lives Matter and Antifa was sort of like hanging over the wake and the funeral. Oh, I'll never forgive, and I'll never forget. And then this is a week that uh, um, Mayor Eric Adams has been told that his brother Bernard Adams, who, remember, was uh, vice president of parking at Commonwealth University in Virginia, uh, preventing people in his golf cart from parking in the chancellor spot or the handicapped parking spot. That was his claim to fame of late before his brother summoned him first to be a deputy, a deputy uh, police commissioner. Uh, then he was told you can't do that. And then he was, oh, I want him to be the head of my security. Instead of the 250000 he would have made as deputy police commissioner, he'll make 210000 And then the city said, no, you can't do that. That's illegal. So now Eric Adams' uh, brother will be a security advisor to those that have to protect the mayor for $1 a year. And you know what's going to happen since he's not going to be earning money, and I think he has a pension of about 50000 because he did serve with the NYPD for uh, 20 years. He'll end up getting a no-show job because you can get, uh, obviously, uh, another job as long as it doesn't interfere with what you're getting a dollar a year for, which is security advisor uh, to the mayor, Mayor Eric Adams. Supporters will give him a no-show job, and that's going to create a problem for Eric Adams. I'm telling you, they're moving in that direction as we speak. I know everybody at City Hall. I know Frank Carone is chief of staff. I know the Brooklyn Crooked County, Kings County Democratic machine that has a lot of patronage appointees there. It's just a matter of time. The most interesting thing is, why does Eric Adams, who didn't need security, thank God, he was good enough to say, I don't want my police security detail in the primary, in the general election. Why does he now need security? Because of white supremacists. And you know, Justin and Luca, I spent a week of my life that I'll never get back patrolling Bed Bath & Beyond. They had a white sheet sale going on. I spent a week there because I figured if there were any white supremacists in New York City, of which I don't know of them, 
that they would have taken advantage of that white sheet sale, right? And when the uh, cashiers and the security officer there came up to me, Curtis, why are you here? I had to think quick. I said, because of all the shoplifting, I'm here to protect the merchandise of Bed Bath & Beyond and all the employees. And they said, yeah, Curtis, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the meantime, I was there to try to see if I could snaggle puss any white supremacists. There are none. You know what the mayor wants his brother to do? Deflect, steer, and protect. Because the mayor, he does not drink. He does not use drugs. But he likes to sample the nightlife. And he's not married. He has a domestic partner where he was living. And by the way, isn't that ironic that he wants you to have to live in the five boroughs to become a cop? But he was living in Fort Lee, New Jersey, right? Do as I say, not as I do. Apartment 22H with a domestic partner that we've never seen him with. But the point is, he's not married. But his brother, Bernard Adams, will deflect and steer and protect him from any women who show up at any of the public events uh, who feel that they were done done wrong by Eric Adams. And that's bound to happen if you're a player. Any of you guys out there who know, if you're a curb jumper and a skirt chaser, uh, I warn you all, that's what Andrew Evilized Cuomo was. Oh, no, he's not. He's not. I told you he's a curb jumper and a skirt chaser. As is Eric Adams, but he's a single guy. But, you know, if all of a sudden you're juggling women, and one woman, Justin, like you are almost going to be married soon, finds out about the other woman, and you're juggling, they both show up on the same occasion, they start fighting with one another, and then they both join in alliance to attack you. And how embarrassing that would be at a press conference hosted by Eric Adams, America's mayor. So that's the job of Bernard Adams is to deflect, steer, and protect. How come nobody can figure this out? And then the other hot mess, and this is even worse. This is Phil Banks, who uh, appointed himself deputy mayor of public safety. We have never heard from Eric Adams. He never had a press conference saying, my very dear friend, Phil Banks, who had been a high-ranking official in the police department in the years of uh, Ray Kelly when he was police commissioner and with Bratton when he first came on. I want my very dear friend to be the head First, uh, mayor, uh, deputy mayor of public safety, uh, very similar to what Dinkins had when he had Judge Mullen uh, as his public safety director, a guy who every time he spoke, his dentures flew out of his mouth because he didn't use polygrip. We don't need a deputy mayor for public safety. You got a police commissioner, Sewell, but let's face it, she's not calling the shots. Maybe one day she will. She's too new having only been supervising a detective squad in Nassau County of a few hundred uh, men and women detectives. So she's got a, she's on a learning curve. So everybody knows that Phil Banks is really the police commissioner of the city of New York. And I must say, he is qualified, except he's corrupt. He's a hot mess. <laughs> the feds had his voice on wiretaps. He went on a paid vacation to the DR with Dan Norman Seabrook, who was the uh, head of the Correctional Union. And they had hookers galore provided by who? Reichnitz and Reichberg, who were whining, dining, and pocket lining Bill de Blasio, then the mayor. And de Blasio almost went to jail. So they were giving gifts to him. He never reported them. And he resigned after... uh, Bill Bratton wanted to appoint him first deputy commissioner, which is a uh, civilian position, which means uh, all of his uh, information would have to become public knowledge. He resigned unexpectedly 
uh, because he had found out that a federal judge had signed a warrant that would have allowed them to wiretap all of his phones, including his Boost Mobile. You know, you get a Boost Mobile, uh, Motorola, you know, burner phone. You want to get rid of it? You don't want anybody to know what you're talking about. And by the way, he had $300,000 in his account when the FBI said, Phil, how do you explain this 300000 He goes, what a hot mess. What a hot mess. Oh, fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. Oh, it's going to be snowing. So the ride that I had to go down to Atlantic City, the Tropicana for the World Martial Arts Expo, has canceled out because, oh, there are a few flurries there. We'll see. My God, what, what has become of our world, right? So I'm going down there if I got a hitchhike down there. And I'll get back in time tonight for the other other side of midnight from 1 to 6 in the morning. Because apparently with the Russian delegation that has arrived, uh, there is a proposal that I do battle, martial arts battle with Vladimir Putin, who, uh, imagine, has any black belt that he wants in any martial art in Mother Russia, Taekwondo, Judo, Aikido from his friend, uh, Erica, I mean, Seagal. Uh... So I'm going, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not letting this stop me like uh, we do every time we hear snowfall. What was it? Uh, they said anywhere from two inches to 22 inches. How could they be so far off? I can't believe this. Anyway, let's go to Brian in Jersey City. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Brian. Hey, Curtis, how are you? I've had better days. I got to get down to Atlantic City and my ride just will stop. But go ahead, Brian. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Uh, I've been down in Atlantic City. I'm a Jersey boy originally. I called to say that I wanted to thank you for your service. Specialmente per Angeli Custodi, your guardian angels. I relate to all that you believe and stand for. I've been listening to talk radio for 40 years because I work in an office. I started listening to Rush Limbaugh. And, I mean, I, the stick he used to have, but he said the truth, and he spoke the truth. Um, I can relate to all that you believe and stand for. You know what? We're the same age. I graduated from Manhattan College in 1970. What are you giving remember- me, uh, your, your Wikipedia here? Guy, uh, what's your point here, uh, Brian? I, I don't need to know your whole life story here. Yeah, my, point, my point is that you're originally called after listening, uh, that I originally called after listening to you say about loyalty. You know, what you said this morning about Sid and Bernie hit home. I mean, it's so true. Yeah, well, just just to recap, Brian, so everybody who wasn't listening at that time knows that I pointed out how Sid and Bernie are the number one uh, uh, news talk radio team in the nation now, number one uh, show in the morning, and they've earned it. Uh, but there was a point in which they were being prevented from having a show of their own by Don Imus, who should have been backing them. He wanted instead Mike Lupica from the Daily News, who was a horrible talk radio show uh, host. And I went in there, I went to bat uh, with them with the uh, suits, the mockers and muckety mucks uh, against Imus. And luckily they were given their chance, and they should have been given their chance by Don Imus, but they weren't. 
but that's why after six years, uh, they fought against all odds, Brian. They fought against all impediments. Everything that stood in their way from having their own show first mid-mornings after Imus, even though Bernard would have continued to produce the Imus in the morning show and Sid would have continued to be a contributor, uh, got that show and then eventually became the morning show here at WABC. And we are now the number one news talk station in the nation as a result of their great work. They lead. The rest of us follow. Uh, so they will be back uh, with everybody on Monday morning. Bernard took uh, a day off. As you know, he's in recovery uh, from the prostate cancer. I know all about it. I had it uh, back in 2012, uh, uh, stage four prostate cancer. It's an ordeal. And Sid Rosenberg will be able to tell you what it was like at the funeral services for police officer Jason Rivera. He's in there now. And I'll be back uh, tonight. I'm going to Atlantic City one way or the other. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.